Welcome to Otaku Brothers, your friendly neighborhood gaming podcast featuring Rusty, R.E. Lewis 2011, and Ryan. We're back, Ryan. Yes. To yes, record <laughs> the Otaku Brothers podcast. It's been three weeks. Yes, it has. Life got in the way, people, and I think... We needed the time off because we didn't want to come to the show with a lack of passion, enthusiasm, and all that fun stuff. Well, so the first weekend was what? I think work was just awful. Right? It still is. Yeah. Well, it's been a long week. And then the second weekend was Lauren's birthday. Mm-hmm. That bitch yep. had to be born exactly. in November. So, yeah, we did, we did a late night, some trying times at the... A concert that we went to. <laughs> yeah, my dad being a child. <laughs> yeah, he freaked out a bit. And um, yeah, so we're back. If you're new to the hey. show, this is the Otaku <laughs> Brothers Podcast, episode 63. Welcome to the show if you're new. And if you're here, uh, or if you're a longtime listener, I'm sorry you're still listening to this mediocre podcast. Yeah, but we're more consistent. Just to preface that for new people. It's just been... You know, life, yeah. L-Y-F-E, hashtag, life is hard as an adult. <laughs> <laughs> Something like that. Yeah, so Ryan and I have a fun show planned for all of you listeners today. Uh, the thing is, though, we had originally planned to do our top 10 games the last Which decade. I diligently prepared for two weeks ago. Yeah, well, I have my list down. The problem is there was not a single day this week that I wanted to come home and prep show notes for that. Okay. And that's not to the fault of like, you know, not wanting to do this, this podcast, but um, work's just been incredibly challenging lately. I've been working a lot of late nights um, in some cases weekends. And so I didn't want to come onto the podcast and just hash out 10 games and just move on. I really wanted to dedicate Time to go back, listening to the soundtracks of some of these games, reading old reviews from, you know, the publications to, um, you know, retrace memories of mine playing through these games and and really kind of, you know, hash out a few bullet points um, from my recollection going through these games for the first time or subsequent subsequent playthroughs. And I just didn't have the time to dedicate to that this week. Yeah. Um, The thing we will still be doing... um, Next weekend for episode 64, I talked about in previous weeks that we were going to do a Nintendo 64 kind of, um, I guess, just special episode. Talking about the launch of the system, its legacy today, some of our favorite memories playing the console, and kind of, um, you know, how it stands currently today, and, you know, if we're still playing it. We're still going to do that when we're going to get to our top 10 games of the last decade. 65, probably we'll, the one after. We'll try. Yeah, I don't want to, because we've promised the listeners stuff for like the past month. Okay, we need to be, we're promising this one and it'll happen. All right. Prepare your shit in the next two weeks. I will do that. <laughs> I will do that. But today, we do have a lot of great things to discuss. And the two weeks that we haven't been recording, or three, however long it's been, Disney Plus has come out. Yes. We've gotten more news about the rise of Skywalker. Mm-hmm. Ryan and I have both played Jedi Fallen Order. EA's game developed by Respawn. That's amazing. We'll get to that. We're going to talk about Pokemon Sword and Shield, of course, and then The Mandalorian, the show that debuted on Disney+. Plus. I had zero expectations going in, and it's some of the best Star Wars I've seen to date. Yes, it is. It's great. So we're going to be talking about all of that. But Ryan, how have your past few weeks been going? How are you doing? Um, I picked up? up swimming again, which I didn't expect. Um... I I got in the pool one Sunday. I think the Sunday after we had recorded the last episode. 
Mm-hmm. And I was like, wow, this pool's really warm and it sucks to swim in. It feels like his... Oh, okay. This is the story that I wrote, forgot about. So I went to swim and there was a jazzercise class from like... Water jazzercise from 9 to 10. I like how and the story's like, going. Okay, I'll go at 10 o'clock. I went down there. There was There's two lanes and then the third lane's reserved for like kids who are learning how to swim. So I'm like, I obviously can't jump in the kid lane. So I'll sit, I'll go into one of the other two lanes. All the jazzer women should be gone by then. Mm -hmm. There's one girl in one of the lanes who's just dancing. Okay. She has like foot weights on and is just moving her legs back and forth. And I was like, fuck. All right. I guess that's a workout. And then at the back of the other lane are like four jazzercise women huddled in a circle just chatting. Cool. And I'm like, I'm... Very irritated. So I went up, got on the treadmill, and angrily ranted to my dad, who was up there doing some cardio. We were on there for like 15 minutes. I'm like, okay, I'll go check. If not, I'll come back and cardio in my pants or in my swimsuit. In your pants, yep. In my pants. Mm. I have to keep that on, unfortunately. So I, I went down to the pool again. One of the lanes was open. I was excited so I could go back and swim. I went there, and there was, like, two kids doing swim classes. Like, I think two parents who were watching the swim classes, and then a lifeguard. Mm-hmm. So, you have, like, a little lifeguard chair, or, like, a little lawn chair kind of thing. Yeah. She exceeded the lawn chair capacity. In, like, she was, like, 350 pounds. Okay. And, like, she overflowed over this chair and i was like okay that's cool i don't know if she'd get up to like lifeguard some kids but they look like swimmers and they can do cpr oh my god so like i start getting there like i take off because i had a sweatshirt on because it was free it's it was right after it was super cold so Mm -hmm. it was like 10 degrees out took off my sweatshirt i had a like a sleeveless shirt underneath and I'm like, okay, I have my swim trunks on. I'm ready to go. Put my goggles down, my uh, my water bottle on the side of the pool. Just going through the old routine from the days where I swim every day. Were you wearing a Speedo? No, I didn't have my like jammers on, mm. which are like skin tight down to like the upper mid quad. Yeah, I'm liking the visual representation. Um, I had my old lifeguard mm-hmm. um, from back in the day when I used to lifeguard. So I'm I'm there about to take off my sleeveless shirt and I look over and the lifeguard is like just staring at me like in the eyes. Hell and, yeah. And like we make eye contact and I this was at least 10 seconds of me just like And then Elton John's eye, Can You Feel the Love Tonight starts playing no, on the speakers. Complete eye contact and I'm just like what the fuck? Yeah. And I'm like looking at her like I make a little like I just are like Kind of thing doesn't break eye contact, just hardcore, like looking at me in the face. I'm like, all right, I guess. So, I, like, I take off my shirt and get in the pool, and she's just still staring at me, dude. A hawk ready to go for the bonage. <laughs> and I'm like, what is going on? I it was the most comfortable and un- uncomfortable I've been in a very long time. But, dude, someone was madly attracted to you, yeah. Three of me worth of person, <laughs> okay. <laughs> and I was like, okay, so I swam. I did about a 500 because the pool was really hot. Like, I'm used to... One of the colleges around us has a really cold pool, and that's how you want to swim. Like, yeah. 60 degrees. Not, like, 70, 80 degrees. Um, so, I joined the pool um, at my work, 
and I did some more swimming twice so far at work because um, I had a Japan conference call this week, so I swam midday. I'm mm-hmm. like, hey, coworkers, my boss is around. If she asks where Ryan's at, tell him, tell her she that I'm swimming. So I went and swam. Um, I'm getting better. It's I build up lactic acid a lot more than I used to. I don't know what that means. So like, you get that pump. The pump is just a lactic acid buildup. Okay. Um, but because I have more muscle than I did when I was swimming. Yeah, you do. And they're not like... Swimmers have like longer, leaner, like more pulled out muscles opposed to like a denser. Mm-hmm. So since I haven't swam and like stretched out the muscle, it's more dense, which becomes a pain in the ass. Cause you know, hurts. high school was 10 years ago. Don't tell me that. <laughs> Dude. It, yeah. No, it was. A, yeah, it was a while ago. That's weird to think about. It's scary to think about. God, are we old? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're having midlife crisis. Uh, crises? What's the plural of crisis? Crises? Crises? <laughs> We're having midlife crises on the Otaki Brothers yeah. podcast this week. Who am I? <laughs> what am I doing? But I don't have a dog yet. That's a very um, good question. Yeah, so... Yeah, this week's been really busy. Mm-hmm. Um, but luckily next week is a three-day week, so that should be nice. It is, yeah. I'm looking forward to it. Lauren and I... The tough thing about marriage is that you kind of have to... <laughs> bounce around like everyone's place yeah um or at least set good um you, you know barriers or what, what's the word i'm looking for ryan it's been boundaries. a while since I've, boundaries that's the word i'm looking for you and words this morning well it's been three weeks since we've podcasted i haven't had to talk for I, extended periods of time. i haven't talked to anyone in three weeks <laughs> <laughs> i specifically only talk during the three hours we record that's exactly right so yes you have to set boundaries when it comes to going to the different parents houses and so lauren and i kind of came out and said that we're going to spend, you know, an hour or two at each place. But other than that, like, we're doing our own thing this year for Thanksgiving. Yeah. Christmas will be different because um, your mom wanted us to spend a significant amount of time for Christmas, which is perfectly understandable. Um, so I think Thursday, we are going to your parents' house. I think that's right. For Thanksgiving. Friday, Lauren and I are going to get up, go out early to do some uh, Black Friday shopping. Cool. So get some gifts for the family and stuff like that. I am wanting to get one singular video game. I'll probably get many, but there is one that I want to get. Where are you shopping for these video games? Uh, we'll probably bounce around. I'll, of course, look to see where all the uh, the deals are. Best Buy is probably where I'm going to end up getting this game. What time is Best Buy open? Um, one o'clock in the morning. Really? I know the owner's name's Jeff. Cool. Do you have Jeff's number that I can call him? <laughs> I just made that up. I know. <laughs> no. Do you have a son's name? <laughs> <laughs> Zach. I watched him sleep last night. <laughs> oh, okay, cool. Let me take a swig of that coffee. Yeah, hopefully that gets you Star Wars on sale. Yeah. No, I want to get Death Stranding. So I yeah. talked to an old co-worker of mine, and he's he's awesome, first of all. He's really big into technology. He's <laughs> like a fucking robot when I said that. Technology, technology. <laughs> he's really into technology. He's also a big fan of Sony and video games and all that good stuff. His name's Charlie. We talked about him like, I don't know, 45, 50 episodes ago. Okay. He used to listen to the show. I'm not sure if he's up to date on the podcast episodes. That's totally fine, Charlie. We forgive you. But anyways, he and I were texting earlier this week talking about Jedi Fallen Order. He also told me that I should get Death Stranding. And I said, you're going to have to sell me on this Amazon package delivery baby simulator because this looks like the wackiest experience of my life. And he said, yes, but it's absolutely worth it. The story is completely nuts. 
Yeah. But he said if if he told me it's worth playing, I trust his recommendation. Yeah, I'm about six, uh, like nine hours in, I think, to it. I'm watching a complete playthrough on from Jack Jack Septicai. Oh, you are. Yeah. So I, I'm because. I don't think it's a game I'd want to play, but as far as like background and watching someone play it, mm-hmm. I can play Pokemon while watching it. Okay, that's fair. And if I really enjoy it, because it looks interesting, I just don't know if it's my playstyle. I might get it. Okay, well, at the very least, it'll go, it'll be good podcasting discussion because now that you have context to the story and the gameplay, yeah. When I actually talk about it on the show, it'll be good. Yeah, I know what you're saying. Okay, cool. So yeah, I'm hoping to get that on sale for like, even if I can get it for forty five, forty. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm trying to go for originally i was like i'm not getting this game unless it's in the bargain bin because it just looks so screwed but oh it's pretty screwed up yeah yeah i'd like to get that on sale for like 40 next week that's really the only thing that's on my radar um Medi- medieval is another one it was a remake of the playstation one game okay i'd like to try and get that on the ps4 for 20 bucks if it's on sale yeah other than that there's just not a whole lot like i'm really comfortable with my current backlog of games I have a number of different genres that I can dip into at any any given moment at this point. Yeah, Plus, oh, Neo is on PlayStation Plus. Downloaded that. Cool. That's definitely a game I want to play. Um, or I didn't download it, but I at least... library it? Yeah, library it on the PS4. So, yeah, lots of stuff that I could potentially play. And then you have Red Dead 2, if I even wanted to play that. I see that over there. So, lots of good stuff. And then Lauren has Dragon Quest Eleven on the Switch, yeah. which I think if I do end up playing that game to completion, it's going to be on the Switch. Okay. Just because to play it portably would be nice. The only thing about that, Ryan, though, is I don't get the trophies associated with beating it on the PS4. That's the hard thing, like playing on your computer. Yeah. Is I like my getting trophies. It's the reason I play games. (laughs) (laughs) It's the the reason reason for my existence. It's the reason you finish games, right? Yeah. I mean, you want to finish one to know the story, but like, ping, you kill this boss. Awesome. I feel accomplished. Mm hmm. Nothing in my life changed except for a ping, but yeah, it's like Peggles too. Yeah, do you really win? No, it's no. It is a simple sense of satisfaction that you don't get on Nintendo consoles. I mean, certainly the experience of those games, of course, speaks for itself. Yeah, but that little added tick of like these senses it's go off in your brain. It's just like, oh my gosh, I got a gold trophy. I got a I got a platinum trophy. You know, yeah, the time investment that it took to get that um, is satisfying. Yeah, you feel rewarded. Is. But yeah, so that's all that I'm hoping to get on Black Friday. Yeah, I don't know. I'm I was looking at Animal Crossing. I think there's some more news that I'm not caught up on. I'm super excited for that one. I think yeah. it's March mm-hmm. next year. Yeah, it'll March be just 20th. in time for my my birthday. So that's... you know, it also is not going to be in time for my birthday next year, Ryan. What? Last of Us Part Two. That's exactly what I was thinking you're going to say. Yeah, but Animal Crossing is going to be a a great game, mm-hmm. better than. I mean, I it'll certainly be less stressful. Yes, yes, mm-hmm. it will. I, I'm just uh, that's my next one on my radar. Um, Star Wars. I was like, oh, cool. I'll play this on my off time. It was like a, I'll go for it, pre-order it, which I didn't get the fucking bonuses, which kills me. Did you Google that? I, I, it should be on your disc or however that's loaded, and I don't. I want my orange lightsaber and my cool little upgrades. Okay. But I wasn't able to get it, and it's pissing me off. It pissed me off for, like, the first two days. Now I'm just kind of trying to accept it. Gotcha. Um, but I did get the art book, which is really cool, like the deluxe edition. Oh, yeah. So you get, like, um, creator's notes and things. Um, yeah, I have a few stories. So 
It was. I Star Wars related, work related? Let's work this. related, okay. just for the last couple of weeks. So this week was super busy. We're trying to close a deal. And we had, I had one of the sales directors and sales managers come in to meet with our design team to get something ironed, some like contractual stuff ironed out. Okay. And they ran into traffic. One of the roads has construction and they're going to be 15 minutes late. So I went out, turned out to be like 20. So I was talking to our front security desk guy. And it's always interesting to see. I'm like, what's your craziest story kind of thing? Oh, I can only imagine. Because, I don't know, they're just entertaining. So he was like, yeah, so see that little, like, crack underneath the door? <coughs> there was a snake that slithered into our R&D facility and in our, like, lobby. And it went under one of those tables over there. And he pointed. And he's like, yeah, there was a lady from one of, like, one of the supplier saleswomen she was there so i kind of like quietly walked over to her and i was like hey so uh you should get up and leave there's a python under your foot (laughs) he's like you should get up and she like was disgruntled and she's like no i'm not gonna get up like what what are you talking about and he's like i I really you should really get up and she's just like sort of freaking out and like yelling and he's like hey like lean in a little bit closer he's like she was kind of a bitch. <laughs> and I was like, sounds like it. And he's like, then I was like, hey, so I didn't want to have to tell you this, but there is a snake underneath this table. And she like freaks out and starts screaming and like runs off. I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, she probably should have listened to you as a security I thought person. you were going to say she like had, had a heart attack on scene and just died. Like... <laughs> no. That's the next story. So, <laughs> okay. So the next one... He was like, yeah, so I had this truck person come in, or like the truck going through the front gate when I was sitting at the front gate. And at this time, my sales director and sales manager had just walked in, got their photo IDs, and he was finishing up this story. So they were listening in too. And he was like, yeah, so this truck guy was coming in and he filled out the paperwork wrong. So I was asking him to redo it. And he started yelling at me, like freaking out. Mm -hmm. And I was like, okay, that's... It's kind of odd. So eventually he fixes his paperwork, goes in and to our like area and shoots himself. What? And I was like, that's a little bit more intense than the snake story. Wait, the truck driver? Yeah. And he, he finishes his paperwork and goes where? He goes through the security gate and shoots himself in his truck at our R&D facility. And we're, I was like, oh, okay. And kills himself. Yeah. And then the security guard was like, yeah, I was just yelling at a guy to fix his paperwork who had a gun with those intentions. I could have died. And I was like, that sounds, yeah, that's way crazier than this. I mean, that's two seconds. He pulls out the gun and just shoots the security officer. Yeah, exactly. My guess is, does he have a gun holster? My guess is he probably doesn't. No. He's like probably baton. on the side of, like, in his passenger seat. And <laughs> the, uh, which is a horrifying story. And, um... So I start walking to the room with my sales director, my sales manager. He's like, yeah, hopefully this meeting's a little less intense. Jeez, <laughs> and I was yeah, like, no kidding. Don't ask for a cost up and we'll see how this goes. Listen, I'm, I'm packing a 99. You ask for any money and we'll see. Yeah. I have a desert eagle in my back pocket. <laughs> yeah. So shoot through three rooms. Yeah. So yeah, those are the two, his crazy stories. That's insane. I have no work stories like that. <laughs> it's really entertaining to like 
When Actually, I, I kind of do. Do you? Yeah. It's entertaining, like, asking people, what's your the craziest thing that's happened to at work? Because crazy shit happens at work all the time. But, yeah. like, hearing other people's stories, because they're totally different. Like, someone dismantling a rented car, like yeah. when I was buying a car. Uh-huh. And just, they went to get it with the faulty check, and they just found pieces of it. Huh. I was like, oh, cool. That's a lot of profit gone. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. What's your story? So I work for an insurance uh, company, and I was talking to this person who worked in um, workers' comp claims. And so she was like in the call center, so she would take calls from employees calling about like, hey, I was injured on site. You know, yeah. I need to file a claim. Well, this guy called, and he was very disgruntled and arguing about wanting to get his check. And she wasn't on that call, the person that I was talking to, someone else was. Um, but for whatever reason, he was refused of getting his check. So he comes into the call center with a gun and his kids. So he has like two or three kids with him that are his and a gun. He comes up to this person that I'm talking to. She was at the call center. He puts the gun up to her back and says, we're going to the bank right now because we used to have a bank in our yeah. um, facility. We're going to the bank right now and you're going to get me my my, my comp money. And of course, the man was arrested and yeah. did not get his money. He got jail time. So that's terrifying. But I'm like talking to this lady. I'm like, you could like literally, we could not be having this conversation right now. Like, you could be dead. Because you could. Did she get a few days off? I hopefully hope so. she got a few days off. Well, hopefully she, you know, was, cons- uh, was forwarded to like some kind of psychiatrist. I feel like that would really screw you up. You think? Yeah. Do you want to make calls if someone's going to come and shoot you potentially with well, his kids? And then it's also you kind of wonder like, okay, where was the security for this guy? Like you would, I guess we don't have metal detectors in our building to detect something yeah. like that. But still. That's scary. It's really freaky because if you think about it, um, at least where I work and I'm, I'm assuming most of corporate America, there's not metal detectors. So theoretically, theoretically speaking, anyone could bring a weapon into a facility like that or a building. Yeah. Especially with the, the ways shootings have been going over the, the past decade. Yeah. I mean, the problem is most of everything that I buy is metal. <laughs> so like, yeah, there's no I'm way. buying knuckles yeah. for a car. So yeah, lots of metal on those. <laughs> It's literally all metal. Well, on a happier note, did you see Tesla's announcement, Ryan? Yes, I did. It was great. Apparently, Elon Musk lost $750 million, or his net worth went down $750 million after that announcement, apparently. For the truck? Yeah. Okay. So. I mean, their their company has yet to be profitable, so he's doing all right. I mean, he smoked a joint on Joe Rogan, and he's, I think he got, what, Fired or replaced? I think life can only go down from there. I mean, that that's really like the crowning achievement of anyone's life is smoking a blunt with Joe Rogan. Yeah, I, I want to see what happens to the uh, like under uh, California or Los Angeles train thing that he was trying to build. What? Yeah, he was <laughs> trying to build like a high speed tunnel with magnets or something like that underneath. San if you've Francisco. not listened to the podcast <laughs> with Joe Rogan, and Elon Musk. You must, because yeah. it is one of the most entertaining, mind-boggling conversations I have yet to listen to. Dude, I've been listening to a lot of Joe Rogan. He's fantastic. Like yeah. He also talked to someone that was apparently working at Area 51. He's very well known. There's a documentary on Netflix about him. Let me actually look up his name, because I want to get, if people do want to go out and listen to it, especially because Ryan and I are going to talk about um, conspiracy theories at some point. Yeah. Area 51 
makes me think of the meme with the dude who just has aliens underneath and it's the history channel guy with the crazy hair yeah aliens <laughs> bob lazar okay so bob lazar apparently let me just get this right bob lazar going to his wikipedia page uh, Lazar appeared in an interview with investigative reporter George Knapp on Las Vegas TV under the pseudonym Dennis. His face hidden to discuss his purported employment at S4, a subsidiary facility he claimed exists near Nellis Air Force Base installation known as Air Area 51. Um, he claimed that the propulsion of the studied vehicle was fueled by a chemical element with atomic number 115. He just has a lot of information supposedly about things that went on during the events of like Area 51. Okay. You know, the, the reported alien ship that crashed and that they were doing studies on little alien bodies. And he said that there was this big, like, warehouse where there was, like, five or six different alien spaceships. And he went into one that he said you would have had to have been, like, three feet tall to be able to walk around in these little buildings or these little these little ships. And he said it was so simplified. There was no, like, control panels or anything like that. It was literally, like, three seats hauled around this central device that yeah. didn't even have any buttons on it, and he didn't even know how they would have controlled it. Um, but that's how the spaceship was, I guess, constructed. Or that's what it looked like on the inside of it. We'll have to listen to that before the uh, Penn State game. Yeah, it's a really fascinating interview. What's interesting, though, is that when, he a when he's asked these questions, um, sometimes he's very articulate and convincing, but there's other times when Joe will will ask him questions and he will kind of be like, I, I don't know, my, my memory is kind of clouded. He's like, I'm kind of really nervous right now. I have a lot of anxiety you asking me these questions and remembering this stuff. So it's really kind of sketchy whether or not what he's saying is factual. Yeah, until I see the actual evidence, I'm going to have a hard time believing it. But it sounds awesome. <laughs> it sounds really cool. Yeah, exactly. So if my imagination can go, I'll, I'll definitely entertain it. Yeah, so check it out, Bob Lazar and Joe Rogan. There's a podcast out there on YouTube. And then also, Bob Lazar has a Netflix documentary as well. I don't really know what it's called. I'm sure it's somewhere in his... Um... Oh, mean, here we go. Worst and... case, we can Naruto run and see this stuff ourselves. Exactly. We'll do like an Otaku Brothers Naruto run. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Next... To raise money for cancer. <laughs> <laughs> Summer 2020. Yeah. And Actually, this, watching all those speed runs, it makes me want to go to one of those speed run conferences. Oh, in yeah? Minnesota. Yeah. Yeah. We can do that. Let's hit up Minneapolis. The 2018 feature-length documentary, Bob Lazar, Area 51 and Flying Saucers, focuses on Lazar's claims that he attempted to reverse engineer alien spacecraft for the United States military at S-4. The documentary was directed by Jeremy Corbell and produced by George Knapp. And Jeremy Corbell was actually on the podcast with Bob Lazar for the Joe Rogan Show. Oh, cool. So... Definitely check all of that stuff out. Ryan, you want to talk about Star Wars? We can. Yeah. I think we definitely should. So what I'm going to do moving forward when Ryan and I talk about anything spoiler related, whether it's Star Wars or a video game story, I'm going to have timestamps in the show notes to the episode. It won't be too difficult, and I will keep track as we're actually recording so that you folks, if you want to skip forward, you can do that. But what I want to talk about is a recent release about... Rise of Skywalker. I'm trying to remember. Did we talk about this last week or was it after the last recording? It was after the last recording. What we did talk about was um, those two pictures that leaked after the trailer dropped. Okay, I just want to make sure we're not talking about it again because it's been a while. It has been. 
So if you have been following the Rise of Skywalker news, we've gotten, I think, two, maybe three trailers at this point. About a month ago, we got a new full two-and-a-half-minute trailer. And then recently, there was a supposed leak that J.J. Abrams ran test screenings of the movie. There were a number of different endings. Uh, well, there's really a number of different cuts of the entire film. Yeah. The overarching story is largely the same, but there are some story beats that J.J. changed. And he tested those with audiences, supposedly. And I want to read the reactions to those now because they're hilarious. Yeah. And also, Ryan and I found some groundbreaking news that the Emperor's first name is actually Sheev. <laughs> which is fucking dopey as shit. Sheev. What a name. Well, I mean, he killed his parents probably because they named him Sheev. Probably. Yeah. yeah they were With like... a shiv. Just to shove it up their ass. <laughs> yeah. You got a, she, a shiv from Sheev. That's right. That's a tongue twister if I haven't heard one Say before. it three times fast, Ryan. Shiv the Sheev. Shiv, Sheev, Shiv, Sheev. Nice. Yeah. All right. Star Wars. Shiv the... by Sheev. That's right. Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker leaks and spoilers. So you ready for this, Ryan? I'm ready for this. Um, Actually, no. This isn't the right article. It's the wrong article. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> oh, wait. No. This is actually really... All right, we're reading this after we're going to do the test screening stuff because that is, if this is true, this is going to be insane. So again, full potential spoilers for Rise of Skywalker. If you do not want to know anything about this film before going into it, fast forward to the next timestamp, which I will clearly mark and indicate in the show notes below. So there were a number of test screenings, supposedly, about Rise of Skywalker to kind of figure out which script they wanted to go with that would be most pleasing to fans. Of course, coming away from arguably the most controversial Star Wars movie in history in The Last Jedi, this article details those test screenings and how the stories played out. So just, again, spoilers to follow. Let's see here. Where does article go? Okay. Of course, we'll file this one strictly in the rumor cabinet for now since it comes from a YouTuber with a questionable track record, but according to them, the test screenings were made up of hardcore um, fans, casual fans, and general audience members who were simply aware of Star Wars. The first version, which the YouTuber calls the Abrams-Kennedy cut, had the lowest average score of 29, mostly due to a lackluster third act. It's said that one huge problem was when Rey destroyed Emperor Palpatine and essentially owned him in a OP fashion during their last battle— at that point, everyone burst into laughter, and this enraged Eager, who's of course the CEO of Disney, who was also present during the screening. He then proceeded to order a redo of the movie, which brings us to the second cut. Apparently, Eager specifically asked Iger. Abrams... What's that? Iger. Bob Iger? Okay. Apparently, Iger specifically asked Abrams to bring in Anakin and Luke in the flesh. We're not entirely sure what that means, and the revised version from Disney, uh, Disney's boss received a better score of 65 in the following test screening. But that wasn't enough, and George Lucas was then brought in to make some amendments. The rumor suggests that Lucas incorporated elements from both versions and edited, edited the finale, introducing a secret Skywalker in the third act. This garnished a much more positive reaction and received the best score, an 88. And then it goes on to say, we don't know if this is actually going to salvage Star Wars, blah, 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 blah. So Ryan, any thoughts about that? It's probably very true. <laughs> yeah. I can definitely see that being true. Um, it would be indicative of how they've treated Ray's character. Mm -hmm. uh, very flat and expected to be overpowered. 
with no real explanation. So having her beat the most powerful person we know in the entire series so far easily would be just towing the same line. Yep. Um, uh, yeah. Any f- like hardcore fan would not be cool with that. No, I agree. And we've talked about that since uh, The Force Last Awakens. Last Jedi, Force Awakens, yeah. Like, how could she possibly beat Kylo, who's been training for years, when she's never even picked up a lightsaber? Yeah, that's like young Anakin without touching a lightsaber before. Mm-hmm. Just destroying, like, Obi-Wan. Yeah, wouldn't happen. So, Travis, senior executive producer of the podcast, is introducing a new segment to the show called Unfiltered Coffee Thoughts, because he, of course, recently had a beautiful daughter... Him and his wife, and he's been spending a lot of late nights, kind of taking care of uh, taking care of her. And so, in the meantime, he's sending us random thoughts throughout the night, which we'll be <laughs> yep. sharing later in the show. But one specific thing he shared from Reddit, and it's uh, someone supposedly interviewing JJ. And this is the question that they present: One thing you hear from people is that the character of Ray feels preternaturally gifted, even for a Jedi, and that she learns learns things faster than, say, Luke Skywalker ever did ever did and jj's response is yeah spooky right he apparently smiles and said it's a fair point and it's not an accident so i don't know what to make of that one if that conversation ever happened it sounds like a very jj response and of course the question has been presented before we'll see if that comes to fruition who she actually is this article that i actually accidentally stumbled upon earlier here in the show is something that I want to read because I think it presents a very possible and realistic scenario to play out. Some of it's kind of garbage. I think, I think the, towards it the might end. be the first cut. Yeah, I can see this being the first cut where people laugh. So Ryan and I started reading this earlier. We didn't finish it because we want to le- read this on the show. I want to continue to say to the listeners that are still listening right now: still spoils, spoils for days, spoilers for days, because this is insane. If this is true. All right, so this is an article from Comic Book News. I think 4chan is the source. Which, take that with like a few buckets of salt. Yeah, a tremendous grain of salt here. Here we go, folks. Ray arrives on the planet Exegol where the Emperor Sheev, I'm just going to call him Palpatine (laughs) because I can't deal with that. The Emperor is attached to his life support chair. Palpatine talks to Ray, citing the same speech he used when talking to Luke in Return of the Jedi. Palpatine tells Rey that she is his granddaughter, but doesn't go into who her parents are. This person's note, in a recent interview with Rolling Stone, J.J. Abrams hinted there's a reason why Rey can learn things quicker than Luke Skywalker. Okay, I guess bringing relevance to the article that um, Travis shared with us. Rey asked Palpatine how he's still alive as Vader killed him 31 years ago in Return of the Jedi. Palpatine reveals that he is the real one and that the one Vader killed was a clone. The Emperor says he foresaw everything and knew Vader would turn on him, so he created clones to hide the fact that he knew what was going to happen, protect himself, and keep himself a secret. Which, this is Rusty speaking not to the article, could be in line with old books that were written that Palpatine actually had secret laboratories on planet Jakku, which was where Rey was, of course, dropped off as a child. So... If all of this stuff does come to fruition is and is in fact true, kind of actually makes sense. Yeah, I can see that being mi- or making sense, but it just belittles everything in the all the old Star Wars. Yeah, it does. All right, keep going. 
The Knights of Ren are also said to be clones. A younger clone of the Emperor walks in, played by Matt Smith. The 4chan leaker notes that this implies that Palpatine's willingly, Palpatine willingly allowed the Emperor to fall, that it directly negates Vader's sacrifice in Return of the Jedi, and that it, quote, makes everyone post-Return of the Jedi look like massive idiots who got bamboozled, which also would probably make Return of the Jedi no longer be my favorite Star Wars movie. Because yeah. it completely negates the sacrifice of Vader that I think really makes that movie so great. That can make sense why Matt Smith is playing, because it, it was... He is in the movie. Mm-hmm. I just Googled his face. And yeah. we still don't know who he plays, and he hasn't been shown in any of the trailers. Yeah. So this is all kind of making sense. Kylo Ren approaches the throne room, but he is stopped by the Knights of Ren. Rey then force teleports Leia's lightsaber to Kylo Ren, which sees Kylo kill the Knights of Ren. Which is a new ability. Force teleport? Yeah. Well, I think it it's similar to what we saw in Last Jedi, where they were able to connect. And remember, the, the rain was actually on... Kylo's um, yeah. gloves, so it makes sense. The Emperor smiles and says how Rey and Kylo have finally been brought together, mirroring Snoke's speech in The Force Awakens. And this is in parentheses here. The leaker notes that this is one of the things that J.J. Abrams meant <laughs> J. Bay. J. Bay. <laughs> uh, meant by honoring The Force Awakens. The Emperor says to execute Order 67 which sees the Sith Armada of Star Destroyers rise from the water that are mounted with Death Star cannons. Leia and Hux, from the First Order, join forces and assemble the Resistance fleet and engage the Sith forces over the planet Exegol. The Emperor cackles and unleashes Force Lightning, which disables the entire Resistance fleet. This is just insane. This isn't going to happen. The Millennium Falcon gets blown up Leia, Lando, Chewie, 3PO, and R2-D2 all die. Describe. I think there'd be boos in the theater. I think I could literally picture and imagine walking out of the theater if that happened. Yeah. There's no way they kill one, two, three, four, five of some of the most beloved characters, Star Wars characters, and 3PO and R2-D2 have literally been in every Star Wars film to date. Yes. That would be insane, especially if we're, we're to believe that 3PO is instrumental in the plot of this movie, if they're going to like decommission him for whatever, we don't know yet. It, I believe it's, it, he's going to be instrumental to this film. Yeah. What's his face? Um, Anthony Daniels has even said they're using 3PO in a very unique way in this movie. Yeah, I'd be so pissed. I don't know if I'd walk out. I definitely oh because we want to talk about this on the podcast and me saying i don't know the ending which is after that happens would probably be shit yeah i I would definitely have a hard time sitting there and enjoying myself let's see how the rest of this plays out ryan ray and kylo try to fight off the emperor but palpatine again uses force lightning and kills kylo sending him into the fucking abyss people (laughs) mirroring how palpatine cloned now Died. There's no way they're killing six of these characters just like a snap of the finger. Like, what? Yeah, that... Ugh. Hopefully this isn't the cut. <laughs> There's no way this garnered an 88 from audiences. Yeah, that has to be the first cut. This causes Rey to get angry and channel every Jedi ever. Well, I'm just picturing the scene <laughs> before uh, Aang like, taps into his Avatar thing where he's battling... Not Lord Tozen. Um, the Emperor or the Fire Lord Ozai mm-hmm. and he like he looks to his right and it's just all of the avatars like there just lighting like lighting up mm-hmm. 
and then he gets his little sphere thing of all the elements. That's this would just look ridiculous if this happened. So let me reread that again for listeners that didn't catch it. This causes Rey to get angry and channel every Jedi ever. The Emperor blasts Rey with Force Lightning, but she deflects it back at him, causing the Emperor to blow up, dying once and for all. No <laughs> way. The remaining resistance ships finish off the Sith Even Armada. Yoda had trouble with his lightning. What do you mean deflects it back at him? And Victory up. ensues. Everyone cheers for Rey. The end sees Rey go to Tatooine to bury the to bury the Skywalker family stuff, the lightsabers. A stranger walks up to her and asks who she is. She takes on the Skywalker name as a title and says she has found her place in life. She says she is Rey. Rey Skywalker. Dude, I would... Oh my gosh. I would be... Like... Oh, fuck. Like... <laughs> we had no expectation for the Mandalorian. Well, it turned out to be awesome. Right. And like, we have expectations for this one because Star Wars... And no. So it, the article is over here. A separate rumor posted to 4chan offers that the stranger is Kylo Ren that asks her who she is and that he returns to being Ben Solo and that he survived the abyss. Then the stranger says, ah, Skywalker, I haven't heard this name for a long time here. He looks at her and reveals that he is Ben Solo, who survived his fall in the pit on Exegol. He smiles and tells her, Very well, take care of yourself, and may the Force be with you, Ray Skywalker. She smiles and thanks him, telling him, Thank you for everything. I hope you'll find what you seek. Ben says, No, I do. And says goodbye to her, going in his own That's journey. That's a good nod to freaking I Know from Han oh, Solo. Oh, gosh, I'm going to vomit. Then Ray rejoins her friends, and they look at the sunset with hope for a better future. The end. Dude, that is the strongest fucking plot armor for Kylo, if that's the case. What do you mean? Plot armor is like, hey, a character did this crazy shit because he can't die to further the plot. Like kind of stuff. It's. I think it's a relatively common phrase. Like, I, th I think this is definitely that, that has first, to be the the first cut because her d channeling every Jedi ever well, I mean, that and then just deflecting it back. Like That's not even a battle. That's not even a fight. No, I think that would be cool. Like, it could be used if there's some sort of challenge, right? I, we need pal. If you're gonna bring Palpatine just to be like in a nursing home on an ice planet, yeah. Like, in second, how the fuck does he lightning an entire Starfleet? Well, and the thing. So, if we go back a little bit, rewind. We talked about Matt Smith coming in. A younger clone of the Emperor walks in. So we never even figure out like who's who kills Kylo, whether it's Matt Smith's emperor or the one that's chained to a a vaping you know facility or whatever the heck he, wherever the emperor is. In yeah, this instance. maybe he's just going to overdose in vitamin E. <laughs> <laughs> and then Ray, it's it's never determined here in this article who she deflects the 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 cloud of force lightning back to. And so, in this scenario, one of those two Palpatines are still alive. Yeah. I just, it's so cheesy. That's so, yeah, I don't know. There's no way they're going to kill off all the beloved characters in the Millennium Falcon. The one that we're even looking at, I have a Lego in front of us, because we're recording at my place. 
The most well-known ship in all of Star Wars is blown up. Out of, like, one of the most well-known ships ever. Yeah. Like, ever. There's no way. Palpatine just lightninged it, and they blew up and killed all main characters. (laughs) JJ, there's no way he would do that. Yeah, I don't know. They need to fire What's-Her-Face. She sucks ass. Kathleen Kennedy. So it's interesting because... The Game of Thrones directors backed out of Star Wars. They're no longer doing the um, the three movies that they were planning to do because they have too many. They're tied down with Netflix, yeah, and doing too much there. Kathleen Kennedy just announced that in January they're going to announce who the new director is to direct the Star Wars movie to be released in 2022. It can't be Ryan Johnson, and it, they said it's not him. So Good. he's still planning on doing a Star Wars trilogy or a singular movie. We don't really know what's going to happen yet moving forward. But they did sign a different director for the 2022 movie. And at this point, I don't even know who I'd want it to be. Yeah, anyone. Do Spielberg. It'd be interesting. I don't... I don't. Because Spielberg and George Lucas were friends. No, even better. Christopher Nolan. Yeah. I'd be cool with all of that. I love that Spielberg made a crap ton of money off of Star Wars. Because they were both betting on each other's movies. E.T. and the first Star Wars. Oh, really? And they gave, like, I think it was a portion of each other's revenue to each other. Like, they invested in each other's. Yeah. And Spielberg made a shit ton of money off of Star Wars because he owns a portion of the rights of it. Yeah. Interesting. But, yeah. Uh... I don't know if I'm going to be into Star Wars except for The Mandalorian after this movie because if it's as shit as these articles describe, Disney needs to back the fuck off. I would be. And do something ballsy. Yeah. It would be crippling to me if they basically retcon six Star Wars movies and saying that the Emperor that Vader killed wasn't actually the Emperor. That literally destroys. Like, Anakin is meaningless at that point. Yeah. Him becoming Vader meant nothing. Him, you know, rising to power with with the the Empire and killing Palpatine, turning back to the light side, all of that is garbage at this point now. We know now how to easily destroy a franchise. Just give it to Disney. And turn it into a kid's, like, toy machine. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. And put Rose Tika in there, <laughs> who is ass. <laughs> Oh man! God, if they don't kill her off with like, why wasn't she on the ship? Why don't they just give her a singular like replica Millennium Falcon? Just blow that up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and like Indiana Jones, she opened the Ark of the Covenant melting scene. How great would that be? <laughs> I hate that character with all of my being. God, she should have let Finn die. All right, we're not getting to the last Jedi, Ryan. Why don't we talk about? People's favorite and least favorite Star Wars movies. Okay. You can write into the show at otakubrotherspodcast at gmail.com. If you want to write in with questions, suggestions, or throw us an audio question, Chronolink91 has done that on the show before. We'll play it on here, we'll listen to it, and we'll talk to you uh, in response to whatever you say. But you can also follow me on Instagram at Ari Lewis 2011 I throw up a query 24 hours before we record the show. You can ask us something, or I will ask you people something, and you can reply. And yesterday, people came in strong, Ryan. I asked what people's favorite Star Wars movie was and their least favorite. Travis, senior executive producer of the show, says his favorite Star Wars movie is Rogue One. 
I tend to agree. Yeah, it was really well done. You know, it's, visually, it's amazing. You know, for so long, Ryan, I thought Star Wars was synonymous with lightsabers, and I thought we cannot watch Star Wars, consume Star Wars content without lightsabers. Mm-hmm. Rogue One changed that for me. Mandalorian flipped that on its head even more so. Yeah. I'm not even thinking about lightsabers when I'm watching The Mandalorian. No, not at all. It sucked me in so much, and I'm so invested in that story and that show that I don't have to see a lightsaber for the entirety of this show's run, and I'll be perfectly fine. Yeah. Are we still on spoilers? Yeah. We'll talk about what I want out of that show. Okay. Because it did the first thing I texted you about already. Yeah. So... Yeah, monster hundred it. Yeah, exactly. Let me um get a quick timestamp here so that we're um, you know, not so the, so the listeners know that you know yeah. they can keep listening now. He says his least favorite is Phantom Menace. Okay. I think yeah. for me, my favorite's still Return of the Jedi, and my least favorite is, is the Last Jedi. No, it's probably Attack of the Clones. Now, to be fair, I didn't watch Attack of the Clones yet. Because Disney Plus was still kind of wonky and um, having issues when I tried to watch it. For whatever reason, Revenge of the Sith played, but Attack of the Clones was like buffering forever. Okay. So I haven't watched it in a number of years. It's not as bad as I remember. There's like two or three bad scenes, but I mean, you have Count Dooku stuff. Mm-hmm. You have the arena, which yeah. is like most the movie. For me, Phantom Menace, Pod Racing, Qui-Gon Jinn, and Darth Maul make that movie. The yeah. more and more I think about it, it raises higher in my list of Star Wars movies, I think. Yeah. I mean, Darth Maul is one of my favorite characters. Mm-hmm. And then, I mean, I think the new trilogy is the weakest. I mean, it makes me love the sequels. <laughs> so The prequels, you mean? The prequels. Because the, these are technically these the sequels. These are sequels. Yeah. The sequels make me love the prequels. And the middle regular and series? the treacles make me miss the decals <laughs> yeah toast my love my buddy brian <laughs> what just did not expect that name right after pequels sequels and equals okay well toast my love brian friend of the show says his favorite is empire strikes back okay he loved the battle of hoth very iconic scene yeah a very white bread answer Yes, Chronicling Nine One. Like, mo- like on average, most people's favorite. Everyone say Empire. It's great, but Return of the Jedi is the better movie. Chronicling Nine One says his favorite is Empire Strikes Back. His least favorite is Attack of the Clones. I can agree with you there. Logan, also a friend of the show, says I don't care about you guys. How Scooby? <laughs> <laughs> Which I completely can uh, sympathize with that response. Scooby is fantastic. If you're not aware or you're new to the show. My wife, Lauren, and I adopted a dog from a local dog shelter. We named him Scooby. He's great. We got him. He was very malnourished and skinny, very, very thin in an unhealthy manner. He's now 50 pounds. Mm-hmm. We got him. He was 20. Yeah, he's bulked up. So Got him on some roids. He's a Gave monster. some creatine. That's right. He's a monster now, but he's the most lovable dog, and Lauren and I just love him to death. Yeah. And we might have him later today. We're yeah, so Lauren uh, was very adamant about this being a a Lauren day. Yes. She just needed a day to herself to watch Disney+. Plus. She's making some bread right now. Nice. She called it everything bread, so it's going to have like... The everything bagel spices on it. Exactly. So I'm looking yeah. forward to eating some of that later. And uh, yeah, she deserves this day to herself. 
And in the meantime, we are just going to chill, play Pokemon, watch the Buckeyes beat Penn State, hopefully, and uh, whatever else we want to do. Yeah. Because we're men and we can do what the fuck we want. <laughs> yeah, that's right. If I want to eat meat and watch football, I'll do it. <laughs> that's right. Sean is a coworker of mine. He's never seen Star Wars. He said his least favorite movie is Captain Picard. His favorite is Jar Jar. Okay. So. Yeah, Jar Jar walking, watching the sequels again. He's, uh, he's a character that happened. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. I do like the gun gun shiny balls, though. Yeah, I like the Gungan shiny balls, too. You know, the little electrical, like, give you a shock when you touch them. <laughs> yeah, I love touching those Gungan shiny balls that... I mean, that's why I was ready to beat you 13, but whatever. Yeah. yeah. Well, Tommy goes on to say, and what? speaking of Jar Jar, what do you think about the Jar Jar theory? That he's, like, the overar, like, all... Over, <laughs> we're just royally screwing up this show today. He's the overarching like villain who's like a Darth. It would be better than blowing up the Millennium Falcon, killing off all main characters, and having Ray like freaking Avatar, Last Airbender, Lightning back at Palpatine. I would take Jar Jar the Sith Lord <laughs> any day. Over he's that. actually the the Skywalker, the secret Skywalker he that comes George out, Lucas. He's like, Misa Jaja Binks, haha, ha. has like a low, like freaking Kratos from God of War Four. Mm-hmm. He's like, boy, to like <laughs> Kylo. And he's like, yeah, I actually don't talk like that. You guys were idiots, and then just murders everyone. Like Rose Tico with a red lightsaber through the chest, and everyone's kind of like, all right, you kind of deserve that one. And then he just goes on a killing spree. I'd be so game for And then that. after that, he walks in the sunset and does the basic bitch hair flip with his ears. Or he just does, like, the one hand raised, like, Dark Souls and walks into the distance. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like Judd Nelson in Breakfast Club. Yeah. The end of the movie. Don't you forget about me plays in the background and Jar Jar <laughs> just walks away. The credits roll. Yeah. I would love that. I'd be so much more game for that movie. Me too. Yeah. It'd be a callback to The Breakfast Club. Judd Nelson gets royalties. You, you break the fourth wall. Why not? <laughs> Dylan also says thoughts on Jar Jar Binks, and I think we covered that pretty pretty well. So that's all the Instagram stuff this week, Ryan. I think we should probably move into Disney+. Plus. Yeah, I'm game. That was a question. What are your thoughts? Oh. I- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sure, we can do that. You yeah, talked about the Mandalorian or just Disney in general. Yeah, I mean, I guess you got it day one, right? Because I got it day one. Yeah, I was gonna buy it because you have Netflix, and I was gonna contribute to this password sharing thing we got going on. Mm-hmm. But I got a free year with Verizon. Yeah, so I'll pick up year two. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but yeah, we the reason everyone really got it was for the Mandalorian. Mm-hmm. Um, I've watched a little bit of Rebels. And a little bit of Clone Wars. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think anything else. There, I, it's weird seeing all these old shows. Like, um, there was Smart House. I saw that movie was on there. Yeah. Yeah, like Lizzie McGuire and like That's So Raven. Yeah, it's interesting. I totally forgot about most of those. Well, it was interesting because um, my, my sister and I personally grew up watching a lot of those, you know, classic Disney originals. And one specific Johnny Tsunami. Well, one specifically, my sister and I absolutely loved was called Jump, 
jumping ship or what the heck was it called? Jumping ship Lawrence Brothers. I think that's what it's called. I want to make sure. Yeah, jumping ship. And it's like this classic movie you'd almost expect to see on the Hallmark Channel. The Lawrence Brothers are in it, all three of them. Two of them are cousins. They go on this Caribbean Caribbean, yeah, ship. Like, look at this, like, early 90s. Oh, I remember these guys. I remember this. Yeah. It's such a great movie. So, Lauren and I watched that a couple nights ago. It was actually the first night we had Disney+. Plus. How did it hold up? Oh, it's cheesy as shit. But it's it's so good. So, yeah, we had a good time watching that. And then, I don't know, I mean, just talking about the user interface and ease of navigating the actual application or however you want to say it, um, I think it's just as easy, if not easier, than Netflix. Um, it has the same presentation with, like, you know, recommended for you based on your prior viewing history, um, what's trending. You know, then they have, like, the other, you know, headlines of, like, classic originals, dramas, and, and whatnot. You can, of course, filter on all Star Wars content, all Pixar, all Disney, all Marvel, and things like of that nature. Um, I've been spending most of my time going back and watching Star Wars stuff, so I think Tuesday when it released, I watched, of course, the Mandalorian episode. Ryan and I will get to that. And then I was watching through the prequels. I have not watched the original trilogy yet, though. I have watched the first two. I think half of the third. So That could be the third. Okay, so you're saying the originals, the prequels? The prequels. Okay. Yeah. So I watched those. So... Nice. Yeah, the first two are better than I remember. Yeah, that's yeah. good to know. I mean, I, I guess I didn't watch The Phantom Menace either. I only watched Revenge of the Sith. And then I started. I mean, ba- that's obviously one of the best ones in the entire thing. It is. Yeah, Revenge of the Sith holds up so well. And yeah. I, I think- love the opening scene that, like, crawl through space as everything's fighting around them. Yeah, it's, it's awesome. Um, but yeah, so I spent the bulk of my week binging Star Wars Rebels, which, of course, takes place after uh revenge of the sith Mm -hmm. and season three specifically i so i watched the first two seasons i never finished three and four is the last season of the show three is fantastic because there is a particular character that wants to exact revenge on another very prominent star wars character yes and that end scene is great it's amazing so if you've not seen star wars rebels i Seriously, you have to go back and watch not only the Clone Wars, that too, you know, expounds upon so much of um, Anakin's turn to the dark side and everything that happened between uh, Attack of the Clones and Revenge of the Sith, plus Ahsoka Tano is fantastic. She's one of my favorite Star Wars characters. But Rebels specifically has a lot of completely new characters that it infuses into the Star Wars universe, but also captures the essence of Star Wars so well and also bringing back older characters and kind of how these bridging the gap between these new ones and old I think they do it very very well yeah and so I have two episodes what the fuck are you doing over there I was looking up Rogue One characters okay so what do you think I'm doing I'm running reports on quality I figured that you very well could have been doing that I have no idea Um, in Star Wars Rebels I have two episodes left it's been an emotional roller coaster the past few episodes. Maybe um, sparked a tear or two last night. Yeah, no, I, it's definitely a good show. My thing is, if I uh, watch Rebels and I watch Rogue One, I'm gonna go back to Star Wars: Galaxy of Heroes. You probably <laughs> so will. I I can't do it too close together because. R- Rogue One's going to make me miss my level 12 Chirrut and Baze combo because they're awesome together. Yeah. In 
Star Wars Galaxy of Heroes, and I'm trying to like fight my addiction to go back. <laughs> well, just hold tightly to your sobriety medallion, Ryan, yeah, I will. of Star Wars Galaxy of Heroes. Yeah, if, so you get the same one from Yavin 4. <laughs> yeah. If you don't know, Ryan was hopelessly addicted to a game called Star Wars Galaxy of Heroes. Yes. It is a mobile game on your phone. It was a turn-based Star Wars RPG. And it was great. It was amazing. It was the best. I played it for like six months. I played it like the second month it came out for like two years straight. We should go back. And I'm like a year and a half sober. Nice. <laughs> and your bank game. account loves you because of it. It does. It likes me a lot more because yeah. it's not like constantly hurting. <laughs> Draining $50 spends like every day. Oh my gosh. It hurts. <laughs> like, well, like one max gear piece costs 20 bucks. And for the listeners' sake, uh, for context, how many of those did you buy? I lost track. <laughs> <laughs> I I was pretty high up there in the leaderboards, and I was like, I think top forty guilds in the world. Mm-hmm. So I was doing all right. Yeah. Um, I was constantly top ten of my server. Of I think the like most two hundred thousand. Wow, that's crazy. I think the most I put into that game was maybe a hundred bucks. I put in fifty bucks for you, yeah, to get uh, Darth Nihilus. Nihilus, because he's awesome. He was amazing in that game. Yeah, but now they have all of the uh, Knights of the Old Republic characters because I checked like a few months back. But I didn't play Rusty. I promise. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so they have um, like Darth Revan, Darth Malak, the girl who is their girlfriend or leadership person, and. Knights of the Old Republic 2. How how challenging is it for you to resist the temptation, Ryan? Well, now that Star Wars is all at my fingertips, it's pretty hard. Yeah. <laughs> but I know I don't have the time to invest into it. Yeah, I put too much money in that game. That's yeah. why this new Star Wars game helped. Yeah, Jedi Fallen Order yeah. definitely helped ease that That pain. lust yeah. for, for investing Star in Star Wars. Yeah. <laughs> Well, before we get talking about Jedi Fallen Order, we need to talk about the Mandalorian. Who'd you get a text from? Mom. Okay. Asking for me to move stuff for people. Fucking, I'm the, like, neighborhood mover. <laughs> Two man in a truck. Yeah, except it's me and whoever else I can recruit. I actually did recruit you to mom, so you're going to have to be, help me move when? someone. Like, earlier this week. It was one of her friends from her old work, and she's like, oh, yeah, she needs help moving some stuff. If you or Ryan and someone else can help move. Okay. And I didn't hear anything for a week. Well, I definitely need to know when because, like— Yeah, I, I don't know when either. I just said, yeah, if you give me a date and a time, I can coordinate something. Either Dad and I or you and I, but I have zero information, just that I'm potentially on the radar. Okay, because it's going to be a hell of a race to the finish line to Wednesday to get work stuff done. Oh, I completely agree. So Yeah, I might have to call Japan again. Okay. So, that's a text I just got. Cool. What are you going into? <laughs> We're recording a podcast. It's called Talker Brothers. Let's yeah. get back to it. Cool, let's do that shit. The Mandalorian. All right, yeah. So, are we going to timestamp this twice again for spoilers? We yeah. should timestamp this twice for spoilers. Yeah, so we'll timestamp it now for, you know, um, first impressions. Yes. And I think for me, I'll just kind of kick it off here. 
I did not get Disney Plus for The Mandalorian. I got it because I wanted to have access to all of Disney at my fingertips. I told Lauren um, that I'm getting rid of most of my uh, my Disney DVDs. So like all of my DuckTales DVDs, um, everything that I don't have the Blu-ray releases for that are going into the Disney vault and are never going to be released again and it'd be worth probably hundreds of dollars and you know 20 years from now. At least that's my hope. I want to pay for my college or my kid's college tuition somehow. Yeah, with Beanie Babies. Or... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Or old Disney DVDs or VHSs. We have all the old VHSs. So do we. Yeah. They're going to be worth something someday. <laughs> the, like, We're hoping. Notorious phrase. But anyways, so I told Lauren, like, I want to get rid of a lot of that crap. Not crap, but I want to get rid of it for more shelf space because it looks cluttered right now. Yeah. You have, like, three bookshelves full yeah, of shit. Exactly. And we could probably make a decent, you know, amount of money off of, you know, getting rid of selling that stuff. Um, so I wanted to have all that at my fingertips, which is fantastic. Yeah, and I didn't mooch off Disney Plus for all the Disney stuff. I got I mooched specifically for The Mandalorian. And Captain Marvel. God, I do. That freaking pops up. I'm like, trending now, or like, everyone's watching, and I'm just like, God, just murder me like (laughs) i'm going straight for avatar like blue people yeah i'm more into that yeah yeah okay well i love avatar that's my go like i was actually feeling well i was gonna do this i was gonna do a friday and then i realized i wanted to go to bed early or yesterday and then i got up at 5 30 just waking up at normal time this morning unfortunately I was going to rent... Uh, <laughs> that was a brutal... I was going to rent It Chapter 2. Oh, yeah. It's like three hours long. Three hours. I'm like, 5.30 gets me to like 8.30. And then you and take then two you hours to, to cope. Yeah, yeah. You know, but they on PS on the PS4, they only have it as buy. Mm. And I'm like, I want to rent this. So maybe tomorrow if I give in. It's a good Sunday, I really want to see it. Yeah. Well, you have to let me know because I wanted to see it in theaters, never got around to it's it. It's just be- a commitment of three hours is hard. I was thinking of maybe working tomorrow and watching It. So I can like, if I want to cope with It, I can look down at my computer. So you're going to be stressed to hell working no, and watching this. No, I'm actually excited this- to do what I'm doing at work right now. Because I know it's more me solving a problem that I don't, data related. Dude, if I can make some sexy ass graphs on a Sunday. <laughs> Whatever gets you going, Ryan. <laughs> yeah. No, Lauren was talking about, like, she's like, yeah, I was talking to this recruiter, and uh, they they were talking about this book about, like, how to visualize data, and I think she was like, yeah, Rusty's eyes glazed over, but, yeah, she bought a book about data visualization and, like, how the psychology of, like, data placement helps, like, get bad news through with some good news to offset it and i was like oh god yes <laughs> tell me more <laughs> sounds like the worst book i've ever heard of sounds amazing Ugh. i told her to order me one <laughs> so that's what i'm trying to do to shut people down yeah it was the story about me telling two people to suck it mm-hmm. before we started recording yeah that's what i want to do tomorrow Watch it and tell people to suck it. <laughs> okay, well, let us know in the next episode of Ataka Brothers how that ended up going for you. Yeah, I will. But anyways, getting back to The Mandalorian, when I originally saw this show advertised, like I was excited, but I was in no way like anxiously anticipating this new series. And again, I talked about earlier, for me, Star Wars is synonymous with lightsabers. 
So when I had this, you know, Boba Fett like character being the prominent, you know, role in this in this show, I was like, okay, that that sounds interesting, but whatever. Introduced introduced the first episode, and it plays out like this Clint Eastwood like crossover to Star Wars. Yeah, and it's awesome. Oh, it's it's fantastic. The music is so perfectly mixed with with Star Wars and like Western Clint Eastwood, you know, type of music that you would expect. And I think it's done beautifully. And it's so hard not to get into spoilers right away. Yeah. But I feel like with, you know, considering practical effects, great throwbacks to like the original trilogy, like when he's walking through the village, you see these people like cooking different things. You see all the, the different like characters walking around in a very Moss Eisley type the world. It feels very alive. It does. Yeah, it really does. Yeah. Um, I had zero expectations too. I was just something cool to get with Disney Plus. Mm-hmm. I didn't know how relevant it would be to like the main story of everything. Um, so I went in with an open mind. Like, if it's good, awesome. I get some good Star Wars shit. If it's bad, Disney. Mm-hmm. Whatever. There's other things to watch. But I had far less expectations for this. And that's not why it's good. It's good because it's quality shit. Mm-hmm. I have high expectations for the upcoming movie, and it's going to be shit because it's shit. Mm-hmm. Like this, these are this is actually really well done. Like it's well shot. You like you said, the music's great. Lots of good callbacks, like that other assassin's droid. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's BB, not BB twelve. It's uh, whatever his number is twelve. Yeah, he was from Star. That's another thing. He was the glass cannon of Star Wars Galaxy, a hero droid lineup. Oh my gosh. And then you buff him with the other... No, <laughs> <laughs> with the tanky uh, leader. But, um, yeah, it, it was. it's a lot of fun. And then the end thing that happens in episode one is mind-blowingly adorable and awesome. And um, then it gets into... Episode two and three, which continue that trudge into more awesomeness. Yeah, so to kind of set the scene here, if you're not familiar with the show, if you haven't watched it yet, we are getting and dipping our toes into spoiler territory right now. This takes place five years after the events of Return of the Jedi. So Palpatine supposedly isn't dead. He's just chilling as a clone on Jakku, apparently. Aw, sheaves. (laughs) Aw, sheave. (laughs) Silly sheave. Anyways. Tricks are for kids. (laughs) So this takes place five years after the events of all of, you know, the fall of the Empire, supposedly. And at the end of episode one, and keeping in mind, Yoda died in Return of the Jedi. Yeah, okay. We already, yeah, spoil- okay. We already, spoilers. Yeah, we're already in the spoilers. Cool. Yoda died at the end of Return of the Jedi, really kind of in the beginning when Luke was talking with him. And the, the Mandalorian gets this contract. He has these bounties that he, you know, he's, he's a bounty hunter. That's what he does. Yeah. And so he goes to this man who says there isn't a puck for the bounty. Typically, there's this little puck. It's like a hologram that shows who the person is, where they need to go to find them, and it has a tracking device to show like where this person actually is so they can, they can kill him, bring him in alive, however they need to. So he says there isn't a puck for this person, but he gives him a tracking device to show where it is. So he goes to this facility. That's where he runs into that droid that's shooting in all different directions. Yeah. Helps him inf- infiltrate this facility... And he opens up this little hovering bed. And it opens up, and he's staring down on it, and the droid wants to kill the creature. 
And so the um, Mando shoots it in the face. The droid falls to his death. And that scene of going into the facility with um, the droid being awesome and trying to commit suicide the entire time. Yeah. Like, Let me self-destruct. <laughs> yeah, it was awesome. And he's just constantly popping a bomb out of his chest. Yeah. It's like, no. Of course not. <laughs> like, let's do this. We can kill these stormtroopers. And then, like, the uh, the turret thing was awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, there's a lot of cool action up until that point. There was. And so when he walks up to this little hovering bed, he kills the droid, and he stares down at a seemingly baby Yoda. Who's 50. <laughs> Who's 50. The creature's 50 years old, so they clearly age differently, and also makes sense why Yoda died at, like, 900-something years old. Yeah. Yeah, and timeline-wise, it means Yoda... Time does lie, though, Ryan. (laughs) But the hips don't. So, um, Star Wars Theory, I saw a thumbnail of it, was either thinking it was a Yoda clone from Palpatine, or Yoda and Yoder, who was also on the council, were banging. Well, that scenario, while I would He's like that to... the force push and pull. Oh, <laughs> takes it to a whole new meaning. Yeah. But the interesting thing about that... It's such a horrible visual. Yeah, especially with Yoda. Just, like, the mood lighting is a bunch of lightsabers lit up around the room. <laughs> the candles. Just, just making... I'm ready. Yoda noises. Ready I am. <laughs> <laughs> just like getting really excited <laughs> oh man that'd be awesome yeah that's how it went down but the interesting thing about that while i would love that to be true <laughs> the love child of yoda he was so adamant about telling anakin that you know falling in love is like the immediate path to, to the dark side he got burned like she found another guy found a wookie that treated him better her better yeah he was he was really just instilling his like his hatred of women after like getting broken up with into him so he didn't have to feel the same pain. Who are we talking about? Yoda. Oh. To Anakin. Okay. <laughs> he was trying to like say the birds and the bees are not good. You need to stay away. Mm-hmm. And it didn't like because he was hurt and he was battling with the dark side. Okay. But that's why he knew that pain leads to anger and anger leads to hate and hate leads to the dark side. Suffering, <laughs> suffering. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I I agree with Star Wars theory that there's really only two possible outcomes here, reasons why this Yoda creature exists. Yeah, but if it's a cloning situation, then we need to calm down the whole cloning thing with Star Wars because we're gonna go into Rise of Skywalker. And Palpatine has like thirty different clones of himself. Yoda, clones everywhere. He's cloning Yoda. He, you know. Consulted the midichlorians to create Anakin. Yeah. I just feel like, okay, Star Wars was always about cloning. Well, the thing is, it'll be... <laughs> it won't be the Mandalorian that overdoes cloning. It'll be the movie that overdoes cloning. Because you got to think it's going to come second to the clone of Yoda. So the first time we see cloning, it's going to be, oh, the Mandalorian did clones of Yoda. That's pretty cool. Like, he did it, and now it's... Oh, we're doing cloning again during this movie because of how it's staggered in the release dates? Yeah. Well, I guess the question you have to ask too is, Ryan, do you think there's going to be directly or indirectly any ties to Rise of Skywalker with Mandalorian? Because yeah. the last episode doesn't air until a week after Rise of Skywalker releases. 
I'm not sure. The release schedule, yeah, kind of sounds like it'll tie in. I don't know how it tie in because the timelines are totally different. Unless this is going on during the movies. Well, here's the other the thing that trilogy. Here's the other thing that doesn't make sense to me to a certain degree. If this creature's fifty years old, Yoda was still alive when this creature was alive. And I feel like with Yoda being as force sensitive as he is, he would have been able to sense that Palpatine was making a clone of Yoda. Yeah. I don't know. The dark side blinds you. Right? That's all what Yoda was saying for like the first three movies was like there's a cloud that is the dark side that's like I can't use my force vision. Mm-hmm. He might feel something powerful, but he won't know what it is. He thought it maybe it could be Snoke or something. Actually, he was dead before Snoke was a thing. He was in hiding when Snoke was a thing. Yeah. Who the fuck is Snoke? <laughs> <laughs> are, are they ever going to explain that? No, we're not. We're not. We're not going to go down the rabbit hole of the Last Jedi, Ryan. <laughs> fuck Rose Tico. <laughs> fuck Snoke. <laughs> Seriously, okay. Really just Ryan Johnson. Yeah, and they gave him a movie for being shit. I don't know. Cool. Um, okay, so let's get back to the Mandalorian. Yoda. Yeah, so how do you think the rest of this plays out? In episode two, we see Yoda using the Force to lift up this crazy creature. So, so to get there, we have like a, a run-in with the Jawas who take apart a ship. Yeah. Which was hilarious. It was great. And they're like... Yeah, they don't like you because you blew up some of their friends. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, yeah. Understandable. And he like torches one of, like them. And then they want an egg. And then he's fighting this giant creature, which reminds me of the fight of Anakin versus... Or, um, it reminds me of the episode two, Attack of the Clones. Yep, when in the center they're locked yeah. up. Yeah, mm-hmm. and that like beast thing. Yeah. Yoda force levitates it. And then they kill it. And it's like, oh, dude, this Yoda, it could be a clone of Yoda. But the awesome thing about that... We'll just that, call him Yoda too. Well, the cool thing is like when when Mando had a, a wound on his left arm, <laughs> little baby Yoda got out of his little carriage and was sort of walking over like, oh, I can heal you. Don't worry about this. <laughs> and then he picks it back up and puts him back in the carriage. And he does it like two more times. And then in this... This creature is the most adorable Oh, it's thing. ridiculous. And it's funny because Jon Favreau is directing this... And he, of course, directed The Lion King, and baby Simba was freaking adorable then. Yeah. So he definitely knows how to work the CGI adorable. When, know. like, the freaking baby Yoda eats a frog, like, all the frog. <laughs> <laughs> and it's, like, twice, it's, like, his size. Yeah, it's, it's really cute. Yeah. Um, but when he puts up his, like, three little fingers and, like, uses the force to, like, lift this creature up, of course, Mando's like, what the heck? Because the Mando was about to die at this point. Yeah. Sticks a knife in the creature, kills it, and then the baby Yoda just, like, falls asleep <laughs> for, like, a day to recover. Yeah, well, I just, when I was about to, when I was Googling Rogue One characters, um, I, the headline was, Baby Yoda takes internet by storm. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, it was just a picture of Yoda, and he's so fucking adorable. There's no way, even if you haven't watched the show yet, you've been able to avoid the spoiler of Baby Yoda. Yeah. But I'm so glad for me personally, I watched it the first day, that it was not spoiled for me. Yeah, because that's awesome. And then, because um, I did not expect it that at all. No, no That way. was my first thought. Because I think I watched it before you, and I'm like, dude, you're literally going to shit yourself when well, you watch this. I think you, you and Travis were saying stuff, and then Ryan was like, hey, I, I watched like the first five minutes. It's, it's entertaining. 
And then I was to letting him know that, like, you guys were freaking out about this. Yeah. Because you watched it, like, while you're doing some stuff at work. Mm-hmm. And then, um, yeah, I watched it. No, I didn't. That. That never happened. <laughs> yeah, what is work and Star Wars and who am I? Fuck, we gotta go. <laughs> Just like smash our podcast. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I did not expect that at all. Um, and then, like, it, it was cool for, like, his first bounties, he made new armor. Mm-hmm. Like a little plate on his side, right side. And... Um, like he went to this underground kind of society of Mandalorians. Yeah, that, and there was like this forge, and he gave some like this thing to him, made a plate, and gave some to like the kids that they would help bring up as Mandalorians. Mm-hmm. And uh, um, hiccups. You all right over there? I'm good. Okay. Um, and I I was like, dude, what if this entire show is the Mandalorian? trying to get new upgraded armor and you're like that's the most what did you see so you texted me and said after the first episode and you're like oh my gosh dude i just hope he upgrades his armor throughout the show <laughs> and i was like that is the most ryan comment i've ever heard dude monster hunter is my jam yeah oh came out when i was still on monster hunter yeah so i was like dude yes oh get him some elder dragons <laughs> kill some tiastra and um, so, uh, yeah, in episode three, mm-hmm. he gives Yoda away, which is a sad departure. Cause he to looks, fulfill his bounty. Yeah, and he's like crying, and you're like, oh, okay. And he's, as he's carted away and goes into this secret lab like facility, you see him like look like helplessly, like, giving him the puppy dog eyes, like, don't let them take me away. It's like if you drop your dog off at the pound and we're like never coming back. Yeah, and it was sad. And then he got a bunch of like Mandalorian arm or iron or whatever it's called, and he made armor, and I was happy. Mm-hmm. And it's nice shiny armor, and it reflects bullets and lightsabers and stuff. And then he he goes to fly away. He's like, "Hey, what's going to happen to this?" To his old buddy, and his buddy's like, "Yeah, it doesn't matter. You got what you wanted, like your money. I'm rich. You're rich." Um. So. Then he's he gets in his ship and he sees like the little ball on his uh, like dashboard is unhinged and he screws it back in because that's what Yoda was playing with when he was in his ship mm-hmm. and uh, he goes back to the planet where he, he gave Yoda to the pound <laughs> and uh, he's like listening in and then he just becomes a badass and kills everyone mm-hmm. in a Mandalorian fashion and gets Yoda back. Well, the cool thing too is before he got back to his ship. They were like, "No, you're not taking this, this well, child." The, the little their beeper things that like dictate Yoda's away, or the bounties running off, all start beeping, and it really reminded me of John Wick, end of John Wick two, where the he gets disowned from the organization, and everyone gets a text message. All those bounty hunters, oh, that and you kill just him. see John Wick running through the park as people are like turning. And he's with his dog, and he just starts limping away. Mm-hmm. And, like, everyone's turning and, like, going to boat, try to kill him. Do you have John Wick 3? We can rent it. Because I have not seen it yet. Dude, we should rent that in Pokemon. Okay, I'm totally game We're doing that. that after this. Yeah. I want to get Chipotle after this. That's though. fine. We can do that. Cool. So, um, yeah, that's exactly the feel of it. 
and then he's like hiding pinned down like he's blowing up people he's like yeah you should really let me leave because i'm gonna try to kill all of you and it he's pinned down to a point where you're like you know he seems like he's gonna die he's in this wagon and he's just getting shot with lasers for days there's no way he's gonna escape and at this point like i literally was like i have no idea how the fuck he's gonna get out of here yeah and like when he was making his armor like his because his bounties are tied to the empire and the empire killed a lot of mandalorians in the purge of mandalore and uh so like there's other mandalorians there they're like bro you're working for the enemy the fuck is wrong with you and then like they try to kill him and then basically the blacksmith of the mandalorians is like uh yeah i mean we're we the empire is dead he's there kind of uh, making a living essentially has you, did you break the code which is remove has you remove have you removed your helmet and he says no he's like has anyone removed your helmet and he says no and uh, he's like okay and then what's the phrase that they say this is the way this is the way which is kind of their like iron code of <clears throat> the code of Mandalorians so he's then pinned down later in the show and he's screwed yeah and then all of a sudden just an army of these mandalorians just pop up and they're just killing everyone with jetpacks and it's like the same style as uh jango fett in episode two like which is the only real time we've ever seen a mandalorian be cool Mm -hmm. right because boba fett just stands around as like yeah i'm cool and then he dies from like han solo yeah into a sarlacc pit and then you don't really see him do anything else. So, yeah. They, they've got turrets. They've got jetpacks. And then they're like... He's like, you're going to have to relocate the Covenant. And he's like, yeah. This is the way. Yeah. And then he like runs off. And then he's like flying away in his ship with Baby Yoda. And uh, some dude's Iron Manning with his jetpack away. And he's like, dude, I need to get myself one of those. He's like, I got to get me one of those. <laughs> And uh, then he gives the little ball thing to Yoda. He's and he's just a little Yoda hand comes up, gets the ball, and goes back down. And you're like, <laughs> holy shit, I like this show a lot. It's so good. It's so perfectly done. I love, like, people that I were talking to were kind of complaining with it being so short. But I love, like, these little snippets of Star Wars. Yeah. It, you can consume it fast. It's supremely satisfying. And it gets you that much more excited for the next one. Yeah, I'm ex- I can't wait. It's every week now. Yeah, every Friday. Yeah. I'm so excited for the next one. I don't know how what's going to happen. Maybe he's going to like paint his armor. Like, how awesome would that Good be? Good grief. Just, okay, it's bright silver. How awesome would that be? Be awesome. It would be awesome. Right? Okay, and then he's going to upgrade it with a jetpack. Mm-hmm. And then he's going to kill Fatalis. <laughs> <laughs> and then he's going to get wings. Yeah. Yeah, dude. And wait. he's going to have sex with an Asian woman. Enter Rose Tico. <laughs> oh. No. <laughs> it would instantly drop like six. He is going to take off his helmet though. That's been in like a trailer. Uh, don't don't tell me spoilers. I don't want no spoilers for the show. One of the articles I just had open just started playing a video. So I apologize if you guys just heard that random noise. <laughs> um Yeah. No, I'm excited. He's little like weapon that killed the four stormtroopers 
like the bumblebees or whatever, those homing missiles. Oh, where that was he, awesome. He like puts down Yoda, and he's like, <laughs> it reminded me of um, God, what is it? I forget the weapon. What game? Augur of Abridus. Does that ring a bell? Oh, from Resistance Two. <laughs> what? No, that's the auger, but close. Good job. I'm glad you remembered that. Gosh, why, just shit on me, why don't you? Auger of a Breedis is the cage-headed guy from Bloodborne's attack where he summons a dying star and it explodes everywhere with those energy things. Oh, okay. <laughs> close. <laughs> the same word. Yeah. Resistance did it first. <laughs> God, what is... They, so hipster of the Resistance. <laughs> Gosh. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you remembered Resistance, too. Other devices right, making computers. noises. Um, yeah. It, that really reminded me of that. I'm like, yeah, you got some Bloodborne callbacks in there. Mm-hmm. I'm happy. It was, it was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they had wall guns. Uh, <laughs> through walls. Yeah, Mandalorian is amazing. I cannot wait to watch more. Yeah, me too. Ryan, you've probably been playing some games in the past two weeks, though. Yeah, just two of them, mainly. Yeah, I guess me too. So let's probably start with... Pokemon, yes, Sword and Shield, and then we can get into Jedi Fallen Order. Okay, I mean, first to start with Pokemon, I haven't played Pokemon Ruby version and Sapphire. Oh, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Gosh. <laughs> I have no, 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 close to twenty of three of the Mythics, which I'm happy about. Okay, yeah, I've like twenty Arceuses, twenty Genesects, and like twenty five Jirachis, which is pretty impressive. And the streamer, or the Twitch streamer who I usually usually watch to get shinies, mm-hmm. still pumping out uh, shiny content oh, nice. for the Ruby versions because the wonder trading in this game is ass. Okay. So, I can still play this game to be happy. Wait, why does it suck so much? Because now it's called, like, what, random trade or something like that? The menuing is a lot different and it's less concise, so you can't... Um, it's it's more random, okay. And there's no way to sync up things. Um, it's also more clicks and yeah, you can't AF not AFK. You can't play multiple games as easily. Like okay. that one, you could easily click on the same screen. It shows instead of booting you out to the main menu, it just keeps you on the screen. Your Pokemon's sending you out. We're looking for someone. In this new game, you click through a thing. Once you click Y, it sends you to a menu of all your online options, like battle, Mm -hmm. random trades, and shit. You click through, I want to trade this Pokemon. Click, click, click. Sends you out of that menu. You have to wait to watch to see that your Pokemon's traded at the bottom of the screen. Then you have to click Y, and it sends you to that trade that's been completed. So it's less concise. Okay. And I've wondered traded a lot. So, like... I think I have 63 out of 400 Pokemon so far. Just from Wonder Trading, because I was playing Star Wars while Wonder Trading. Wait, 63 out of 400 in what game? Pokedex, in my the new game. Oh, okay. Yeah, so I was playing Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order, like getting collectibles and things while I was Wonder Trading. Oh, gotcha, okay. But, um, yeah, the menu system for that is not as good. Mm-hmm. So... I've been wonder trading and collecting stuff on Ruby. Okay. Well, what are your initial impressions when playing Pokemon? It's a pretty game. 
Um, I'm in, the music's really good. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm currently about twelve hours in. I've beaten three gyms. Are there eight? Yes. Is there an elite four? Yes, and a champion. Okay. But there's some nuances to that from what my coworker is saying. Okay. Um, so for the gym battles, not to spoil anything, it take it like. So Sun and Moon completely scrapped the formula. Yeah, they did. It sucked. And this one, they don't scrap the formula of gyms, but they take the step in making them more unique, but not completely unique like Sun and Moon. Okay. So they have... It, it's just a better way of doing it for the three gyms that I've done. Yeah. So you have, instead of just trainers everywhere, like Brock, three trainers bunch of geo dudes and then brock it's like a little challenge and then you fight the gym leader okay do you like that formula yeah it's a happy medium median medium happy medium happy compromise <laughs> change the word completely sure it's a good compromise to completely new and scrapping old okay so i could see a problem with the third gym that challenge, because if you're over-leveled, you can fail that challenge, I'm pretty sure. Oh, interesting. So, like, you have to get five points. Do, do you care if I tell you I don't you give a shit, is? no. Okay. So, it's there's three trainers, and you have to, you run into a Pokemon battle. And the point system, you have to get five points to win that challenge in that stadium. And if you capture a person, you get two points. And if you kill someone, you get one. So, you ultimately have to capture two Pokemon. Hmm. I was like... Uh, or kill five, right? No, there's only three challenges. Oh, okay. So I was like 10 levels over these people. Yeah. And I'm like, how the hell do I capture? So I'm like, I have to finagle tackle mm-hmm. and not blast people with tackle. So it's like that was a struggle, but the first two gym challenges were entertaining. So that's my biggest worry with this game is I certainly appreciate and i'm not complaining in that regard as far as how they've streamlined pokemon since x and y with the experience share and how quickly you can kind of go through these games i felt like x and y took me over 30 hours maybe late 20s yeah but i've heard people that beat this game in like 15 to 20 yeah because of like how easy it is to kind of just roll through the game which i don't i don't like the toggleable or untoggleable xp share it's just all pokemon have xp share and for like EV training Pokemon, so like each Pokemon has its effort values that it gives. So like a Pidgey or like all those little combies, mm-hmm. the little combs floating around in the wild area, those give like a speed EV. So all your Pokemon in your party get a speed IV, but if you're trying to build a tank Pokemon, you're not going to want to fight for your entire party so you have to do like one pokemon at a time if you're doing it that way yeah and there's also like i was trying to figure out end game farming on how you ev train pokemon but mm-hmm. i i just wish it gave me the option to do that um they have a, a lot of cool features and a lot of new pokemon i feel like we're shitting on this game already i'm just going through the stuff that i don't like which is my the thing that keeps the longevity for me which is the wonder trading the shiny hunting is a little bit different in this game and then the gts Mm -hmm. which is gone yeah there's no global trade system which sucks because that's why i'm still in ruby version for 
I'm on 928 hours currently. Mm-hmm. Is because you can trade Pokemon, search for Pokemon instead of. I mean, you can go run around the world, but buying and selling Pokemon on like a black market trading system is way more fun than catching 400 dudes. Yeah, and for me personally, those concerns for you certainly make sense. For me personally, um, none of that really matters. (laughs) (laughs) I I get your concern, but who cares? (laughs) (laughs) I wanted to say that in the nicest way possible. No, it's cool. Just shit on my dreams. No, but for me, when I play Pokemon, I just want to go through the game and play it like I did when I was, you know, 8, 10 years old. Yeah. And so... I just want to play the game and go from gym to gym, collect the Pokemon, and, you know, at the end of the day, that's that's really all that matters to me. Um, again, my really only biggest complaint here is just how quickly I'm doing that, because I haven't even gotten to the first gym yet, and my score bunny's level 15. Yeah, and I think you're a, you're about to go to the first gym. Mm-hmm. No, right. I am, um, but, like, right now, I'm just trying to collect all the Pokemon in the area leading up to the gym, not intentionally trying to level up my guys and grind but i'm doing that while i'm just trying to catch the 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 wild pokemon yeah i mean yeah the first gym is there's a long that's because i did the same thing i wanted to make a team i'm gonna beat this game with only new pokemon okay um but catching all the first guys and like training up a bit and seeing what they evolve into that's what i did too Mm -hmm. but the gyms after number one are more consistent they're more streamlined okay no, that's good to know. Uh-huh. I mean, f- graphically, when you, you're introduced to this world, it's beautiful. The best Pokemon has ever looked, understandably so. It's on the Switch, a console that also has a game called Breath of the Wild, yeah. which is arguably the best-looking video- video game in world that we've seen to date. I mean, you know, you can r- argue like your games like Uncharted 4, God of War, and things like that, but um, the graphical style that Breath of the Wild had was incredible. Yeah. Um, I, Pokemon does not look that good, but it, it looks, you know, the, the crispest it's looked to date. Yes. Um, and certainly, and I, I don't want to spoil anything for people that haven't played the game yet, but when you're introduced to this world, you talk to the professor and you get to choose one of three starter Pokemon. The way they do that is not just like, oh, go look in my backpack and grab a Pokeball. Because I'm being attacked by something in a Route 1. It's like, no, they're actually, this is a living, breathing world and they're out running about. You know, the, the water Pokemon runs into the, the little puddle there. The, the little monkey guy who's a, a grass Pokemon climbs up into the tree and Score Bunny's like frolicking through the grass or whatever he's doing. Yeah. It's really cool to see like, oh, these Pokemon actually have personalities. And then... I love it how in that cutscene, when you get that Pokemon, it shows those guys run into their environments, and then they, like, I think the tree guy drops, like, a leaf or something, or an acorn into the water, which is super effective against the water. Mm -hmm. The water guy splashes the score bunny, which is super effective against him. And then he runs on the grass and, like, fires up the tree dude. Mm -hmm. And it shows you that triangle that, like, basic triangle of all of the elements Mm -hmm. it's like sword magic and whatever the other archery yeah it's like shows you that triangle of like super effective which i thought was really cool yeah no i thought it was a perfect way to open up the game and for me i think i'm just past that open area i got into the town which presumably is where the first gym battle is um and i'm having a really good time with it i mean it's just more pokemon and i don't want to like belittle the polish of this game because it's I can't say definitively whether or not it's the best Pokemon game. It's going to be tough nostalgia-wise to beat, like, 
Leaf Green and Alpha Sapphire for me. Mm-hmm. Um, those two just I've, those games were my childhood. So it's it's tough for me to say a game surpasses that those generations. Um, but in terms of features and things like that, I think it's phenomenal. I think the naming conventions of the Pokemon are completely screwed. I mean, I think I wrote some of these this stuff down. There's a an owl named Rookie D. Like, what the literal fuck am I even reading right now? Or there's that turtle named Churtle. And then a squirrel, a squirrel named Swovet. Like, why can't it just be named Acorn? I don't, I don't understand. Well, that's the way you name it. I yeah. Mean, right? Well, so what I've been doing is, for all of the new Pokemon, with the exception of my starter, I'm naming unique things. Yeah. I, I've started doing that after I did Wonderlock. Mm-hmm. Where, like, you grow to love your Blaziken named Hatch. Yeah. And when he dies you release him into the wild and you've gone through this journey together trying to survive. So when he dies, you he died. So you release him. Well, not that hardcore, but yeah. Oh, I'm not doing that in this game, no. But like naming him, you're like, oh, come on, Bongo, my starter Pokemon. I think that's a, such a cr- cool name. It's perfect. Bongo? Yeah. yeah. And well, then what you named your turtle guy? Uh, Franklin. Named him Franklin. <laughs> <laughs> it's perfect. Yeah, so now my current party is... Um, I have all three starters. Um, Wait, how? I wonder trade them. Oh, yeah. wow. So I have all three starters. Bongo is the third evolution, and the other two are second evolution. So I'm just grinding. Okay. Um, and then I just got this purple guy um, from the first nursery. And then I think I have that was Corviknight. Is that Blackbird? I have his second oh, evolution. Okay, yeah. The one they showed in the trailers. Yeah. So he is evolved from that first bird in nice. the first area. So that's who I think my party is currently. I have uh, Score Bunny. I chose to be my starter. I probably won't try and wonder trade and get the other starters, although eventually I would like to get them. That ju- that was just an accidental, like. Yeah. I was going for legendary Pokemon. Yeah. Shiny legend. Okay. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> well, what was so what's so neat about this game, of course, similar to Sun and Moon, is that the Pokemon are actually roaming the environments. Yes. So you can actually see them. And one of my favorite moments so far is I was walking in this open field and running out of this grass was this Growlithe that started chasing me. Yeah. And I was like, oh, come home, little buddy. <laughs> and he just like runs I, up to I'll me. I'll accept you. And like we, you know, of course, start the battle and I, I caught him. Are you going to use him? Yeah, I'm definitely going to keep him in my party. It's tough, though, because I already have Score Bunny. And so I have, yeah, two Fire Pokemon. Um, But I've done that so many times before. If I have, like, a Charmander and a Ponyta or something like that, it's whatever. I don't really care. Um, I just will have to balance it out later with with other elements, Mm -hmm. obviously. But having a really great time. It's more Pokemon. Definitely more impressions in the coming weeks. Yeah, so I I have a few things. So now, well, one, I don't know how Wonderlock or... um, Nuzlocks are going to work because it's the first Pokemon you randomly run into. Mm-hmm. And now that you can visually see some people, you can pick. So it's maybe may the first Pokemon you see. I don't know how that's going to happen. Oh, but, you do like an actual like... Like a run through. Yeah. Um, and for the listeners that don't know, Ryan, what is a Nuzlocke challenge? So Nuzlocke is like you can only catch one Pokemon per route, which I don't know if that's going to be like one person per like the wild area. Mm-hmm. Who knows? Um so you can catch one Pokemon per route, and it's the first thing you run into. If you don't catch it, or you kill it, or whatever, you don't get a Pokemon for that route. And if a Pokemon dies, you have to release it. You have to name everything so you have an emotional attachment when they die. 
and you have to release your starter. Nice. So, yeah, I got rid of uh, Swampert or um, what's his face, Mudkip, which was a sad. Release. Yeah, I already so, called you on that. That's just yeah, disgusting. release of Splash. Yeah, number two. Um, so in the like the Pokemon running around, they some of them have yellow energy mm-hmm. coming up from them. And what this means is they're stronger than the other regular Pokemon who don't have this energy. And they have at minimum three IVs, and they have potential egg moves. So what that means to Rusty, whose eyes are glossing over, (laughs) it's their internal values so that you have like health, speed, attack, and all that jazz. It basically means those, like three of those stats will move or increase faster. Mm-hmm. So they'll be stronger, essentially. Yeah. Um, so what people will try to go six IV Pokemon, which is all the stats move faster or increase more. And then egg moves, like I got a Franklin that was had like Super Saiyan, and he had like a dragon move, which hmm. was not expected, but it was an egg move. Um so shinies, they it Go, so it work, kind of works the same way as Let's Go for chaining. So you can chain Pokemon in the highest chain, like killing or catching the same Pokemon, is 25. And then you, that's increased stats. Um, it also works with the Shiny Charm, which reduces the like 1 out of 4,000 chance for a Shiny mm-hmm. to 1 in 1,000. So by like basically a third. A little bit, of, like 1,300. Okay. So by a third. Um, and then... It counts the number of battles you've had with that Pokemon. So I think it goes like the first 50 to 100. I think it's like 300 and then 500 plus. You have the best chance of getting a shiny of that Pokemon. Mm. Which is a crap ton of battles. But you have the shiny charm and chaining to help. Um, so I guess the odds... We don't have to get into it. Basically the best odds you can get are with a shiny charm... With 500 plus and with a 25% chain, it's one in 585. Oh my gosh. Which is a lot better than the one in 8,000 it used to be in silver version. Mm-hmm. So how many unique Pokemon are new in this version? I want to say it's 60s. Okay, so not too terribly large. Yeah. So it's not going to increase your effort to get an entire dex of shiny Pokemon. No, it's, it's there's 400 and there's... A lot of them are overlap. Mm-hmm. Um, I was listening to a video of them like hacking in like a Dark Cry, which is not in this game and what it turns out to be. It turned out like a normal type Pikachu with Dark Cry moves, and then they've taken moves out of the game. So two of those moves you just couldn't scroll down to use because it didn't. They're not in the game. Hmm. Okay. Um, like Mewtwo's not currently. There's no way to get him yet, but he's going to be in the game. And he's fully functioning if you hack one in. My guess is they already have code out there yeah. to patch a lot of this stuff in in the coming months. Well, yeah, they just didn't because that'll come through when Poka Home comes through. Yeah, but they they're testing how functional it is. So like Bulbasaur came in because currently Charmander is the only original starter in there. They want to know how functioning he is, so they bred uh, that Bulbasaur. And he completely he hatches and everything. Like you can get a legit Bulbasaur already. Hmm. Um, when they tried to breed the Pikachu that was a Darkrai, 
when the dude, the person at the nursery tried to give you an egg, it just disappeared. Mm-hmm. So you can't breed like stuff that's not in the game, technically. Okay. Which makes sense. Um, the Poke Centers are cool. I'm cool with that. They're Poke Centers, Poke Marts. Combined. Yeah, kind of like in Sun and Moon. Yeah. And like a name changer, raider, or move gainer backer. Yep, that's, that's a word. That's the worst way of saying that. They can. Re- Hi, I'm a move gainer backer. <laughs> How can I help you today? Do you That's, need me to gain a back, a tackle move? That's so. I can fulfill all your such requests. Such poor English. Um, it was they can retrieve moves that were previously deleted, gain or a move gainer backer, and uh, oh, it's beautiful. That's great. Um, so, like, I, I already talked about the unique gems, catch combos. So. TMs are a little bit different, or HMs are different in this game. You, like, fly is controlled through your map. You don't need, like, HMs are gone. Yeah. Like, eventually, surf is on a bike. Like, you get, like, a bike upgrade that allows you to surf. Nice. And, like, that kind of stuff. Um, So, no HMs, which is fine. It makes me, like, Franklin, the turtle, at the beginning, doesn't learn any good water moves except water gun for a long time, and it makes me miss surf. Because surf was like a 20 PP move that had a lot of physical attack. And I I missed that water move. Um, Dude, I just hear the surf theme from blue and red version in my head right now. Can we play that real quick? Sure. Let's just play a little clip here. Travis suggested that I just completely can the whole Rusty's Retro Recommendation segment and just actually have like little segments between our cuts in the show to talk about um, some of my favorite music and video games since I'm so in love with... um, Music and video games. Surf theme. Oh, of course they have it here. Let's check this out, people. And by your welcome, I mean you probably need ear repair at this point. <laughs> yeah, sorry about that. That was super <laughs> loud. Worse than me screaming at the listeners at one time. Yeah. Um, yeah. So the HMs are gone. I it might have the same type of theme music when you're biking around on the water. I don't know yet. I'm just at the town where I get that. Um, TMs. There are TMs, but there's also um, I think they're TRs or something. Technical records. I don't know what they're of called. Of course they, they are. are. Yeah, they're, they're new. So those are all gotten through raid battles. So like each Pokemon that you battle, you get a bunch of things. They can get rare candies. You can get little things to that's just pure XP orbs, essentially. So when you're doing like max raids, which I haven't done yet. I've only done like the lower tier raids. Okay. Um, you get like XP small. So I gave, when I got that purple pokemon level one from the nursery i gave some xp smalls and it gave me four thousand xp and it got it from like one to like 18 which is it's nice to have when you're doing raid battles Mm -hmm. and getting um xp um so you get tms from that and i'm trying to farm out some of that um ivs how that works the like one star i think don't know for, yeah so i think it's one iv 
two IVs, three IVs, going up for three stars. Four and five star raids have, I think, max of like guaranteed four IV Pokemon if you catch that. Mm -hmm. And then it has the potential for a five and six IV Pokemon. So to get a max ditto, you have to cycle through five star max raid dittos, which there's a designated place where ditto spawn 100% if it's lit in one of those like beams. Oh, dude, it's already lit when I'm playing Pokemon. Let's get lit! <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, I mean, I was watching a video on like trying to grind out a 6IV ditto for breeding for competitive. But 5IV is good. Generally, 5IV is all you really need on the competitive Pokemon. Okay, so on the subject of IVs so and EVs, be, what, what, how are you liking this game, Ryan? Let's let's get to the, like the bottom line. Probably here. like a four, four and a half out of six IV Pokemon. Oh my gosh! <laughs> you said in terms of IVs. Um, yeah, this is on topic of IVs to be specific here, okay, but well, don't be a stickler for grammar and acetry. <laughs> um, yeah, it, it's a fun game. I'm three gyms in, so I can't really make a. I guess not a recommendation, but a good, clear indication on where it's going to fall. Mm-hmm. I, It's not going to beat Ruby. All I need to know, is it better than Sun and Moon? Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> okay. Oh, for sure. It's definitely better. Yeah. Um, it's, it's not as good as Ruby and Sapphire, the Alpha and Omega versions. Yeah. But and there's always that debate on the Pokedex. Which the, apparently the models weren't super resed up, and they had like they didn't change a lot. But we'll we'll have more impressions after today. Yeah, we both play it more, and we'll talk about it a bit more next week. Yeah, definitely. I'm looking forward to playing more. But there was another game that you is really didn't the, even order the sole reason that I didn't um, play a lot of Pokemon this week. So last Saturday, Ryan and I were actually had good intentions of recording the podcast, and so Ryan was like, "Hey, why don't I come over?" We'll play Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order for a bit in the morning, and then we can record to have some brief impressions for the podcast. And I'm like, yeah, sure, that's fine. Well, it started with, hey, I want to go in blind, and it was, hey, no, you need to see this. Yeah, and I was like, yeah, okay, I'll, I'll entertain the idea here. So Ryan comes over, we start playing the game. Seven hours go by, <laughs> and we're like, screw recording, we're not doing that, we're just going to continue playing well, Star it Wars was, Jedi Fallen Order. That night was the, um, the, concert. the concert, so... It was a long week that week, too, and Star Wars was awesome. Yeah. And I had ordered it, like, hesitantly, because it's EA, mm-hmm. that week, and I played it that night, and I was like, this is great. So the reviews didn't even drop until 12 a.m. Friday morning. So I'm like, when review embargoes are like that, one, the developer or the publisher doesn't have confidence in the game. They don't want to cause people to not buy it day one or cancel their pre-orders if review scores go out and it's you know not reviewed or received well. So I was kind of freaking out. Then I go on Metacritic, and it has a higher Metacritic score than Pokemon at the initial time of release for, yeah. for um, publication reviews. And I was like, holy crap, I did not expect that. And I was like, okay, well, Ryan, let me know what you think. And I was talking to Travis about this as well. It's pretty much the perfect amalgamation of Uncharted... Sekiro and Dark Souls, a mm-hmm. little bit of Prince of Persia, and I would even go as far as saying Metroid with the way the map layout's set up. Yeah, it's Metroid and then some, uh, like, what is it, God of War-esque. Yeah, well, because when you, 
when you're navigating these maps, you're unlocking different areas, and as you're um, unlocking different areas, you see the percentage explored when you go to the pause screen, which just makes you, it, it pushes and drives you that much further to want to see and explore every nook and cranny of the map because you're rewarded for doing so. Yeah. There are these crates and secrets and um, sto- like story beats that are, you know, you have like these 10 second clips of like certain moments that happened in that particular area five, 10, you know, three or four different years ago that again, just give you that much lore and invest you in the story of the game. But in terms of Uncharted, I would say like you're, you're the main character, you know, is climbing on these walls, leaping from these vines and kind sliding. of sliding. Yeah. You know, sliding down these, you know, gargantuan, almost like slide slopes, if you will. Uh-huh. Um, so all of those kind of moments borrow heavily from those games but I feel like it separates itself enough to feel like a truly unique experience. But the way it borrows from those games, I think, just enhances the experience that much more. Yeah, for sure. I mean, we're comparing these to like 10 out of 10 games. It's definitely the unpolished version of these, combining all these elements. But it, I think it adds to its charm, like we're going to get into. Yeah, I mean, let's just dive right in. We won't get into spoilers. We will, and I'll, again, have timestamps down below so as far as i'll let me just go into my like breakdown real quick sure that's fine similar to what we just said and then you can go on so combat is parry mechanic is sekiro the upgrade tree is sekiro and initially it starts with like nine and i was like freaking out i'm like we only get nine upgrades this entire game not the case you get more abilities and you get more upgrades um because in sekiro you have like three different or four different forms Sekiro dodging, it's not really Dark Souls because it's really that sidestep and you can get punished real hard. Mm-hmm. And then, like you said, it's uncharted climbing and sliding and all that jazz. So, yeah. Yeah. Lots of Sekiro. Yeah, a lot of vibes from Sekiro. And I actually tweeted that this is the this is the um, Dark Souls-like game that I wanted to play this year but didn't quite get in Sekiro. Mm-hmm. Because I feel like if you want to play this game in the hardest difficulty setting you will get a game as punishing as Sekiro. Sekiro doesn't have a difficulty setting. It's just Sekiro base game. Like, that's it. <laughs> yeah. And at least this game has the ability to, if you want to just steamroll it and walk right through and button mash square through these enemies, you can, you can do that. Yeah, if you don't want to have to get good, you can lower the difficulty. And, and that's what people had the... The internet was outraged about Sekiro. About. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, they well, got the, it. And the cool thing, if you will, some people hate this, you can change the difficulty setting on the fly. And for me personally, when I played through the game initially, I was playing on the second hardest difficulty for the majority of the game. But I got to the end, and people were saying that you could beat this game in anywhere from like 6 to 15 hours. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to really make the experience that much longer if I could... So I upped the difficulty setting, and I explored to try and collect everything. And it wasn't terribly difficult on the second. Like, it had its challenging moments for sure, but it it, it didn't it wasn't as difficult as a Dark Souls. Yeah, I mean, you could nice. get screwed by like cheap animals. Like, you, <laughs> yeah, like yeah. you could literally die by like these little frog things. They would just really screw you up if you didn't like parry and block and stuff like that. You couldn't bash, ma- button mash your way through. But when I got to like the final acts of the game and I was fighting some of these different boss battles, I was just getting wrecked. And I didn't want it to cause me to not like the game and really be a detriment to my overall experience if I spent three hours trying to fight the same boss battle. Yeah. Because I just didn't want 
I didn't want that for myself, so I lowered the difficulty setting, played through the rest of the game, and in no way lessened my enjoyment of it. If anything, it enhanced it because I just got to see the main story beats play out and still had the satisfaction of parrying. Because yeah. I could have button mashed, but I still tried to parry you know, as, the, much as, you could. as much as I could the boss battles without taking advantage of the system. Yeah. Yeah, I ended up, like in exploring after I beat the game... I'm going on Jedi Knight, which is the second difficulty or third hardest. Mm -hmm. And I'm just exploring. And you still parry and you can still die and stuff. But it's just more fun to run around. Mm -hmm. I I do want to do a full like Grandmaster instead of just Master mm -hmm. run through. And so, Ryan, when does this game take place for the listeners that don't know? And this isn't really spoiler territory. This is just generally speaking. You're going to find this out right when you begin the game. It's basically right after, a few years after Order 66. So after the events of Revenge of the Sith... I don't know how many years, but it's a few mm -hmm. years yeah. after 66. Yes. And so all the things we've talked about thus far, Ryan, I think it makes sense for us. I mean, generally speaking, we really enjoyed the game. We've both beaten at this point. Plays like Dark Souls meets Uncharted and Sekiro. Do you want to just get into spoiler territory at this point? Really kind of breaking down the story? Yeah, we can do that. Do we want to tell about our funny glitch moments before that? So, because those aren't spoilery. Yeah, sure. Go ahead. Okay. So it's on you now. <laughs> no, we can we can tag team this. So, uh, yeah, we were playing for like seven hours straight, and we would switch back and forth. Because so I played the opening world, and then you're like, dude, you put down yours because you were just invested at that point, and you were just like, dude, can I try? I was mm -hmm. like, yeah, sure. So, like, I let you just play, and I was just watching, and it was super entertaining watching you play. Well, and it's funny because you picked up your, your Switch, we're getting ready to play Pokemon, you played for, like, five minutes and put it back down, because we were both so invested in the story. Yeah. And for me, it's been a long time since I've been able to say, like, I did not listen to podcasts while I was playing this game, unless I was just grinding for, like, loot. Yeah. I was trying to find materials or level up. Because the second I handed off the controller, that was exactly where my home game stopped. Mm -hmm. So, like, all this content was new for me as well. So you're playing and like by saying it's unpolished, it just it adds to the experience. Like you were running and you were blocking with your lightsaber some of these rats, and this rat jumps at you and it's like projectile like twenty feet up in the air. It was like there was a trampoline connected to my arm. <laughs> yeah. And so it hit my arm and just like skyrocketed into the air and we we're like, what the fuck just happened? Where'd he go? And then it comes back down and we kill it and we're just cracking up. Like, I laughed so hard during that playthrough. And just before that, there is this ram-looking creature. It has these giant horns. And it turns red and charges at you. And then it got stuck in the ground. It was, like, having a seizure <laughs> in the middle of the floor. Because the floor, like, didn't render. And it, like, got stuck in the ground. And so I just walked up to it and just smacked it with my lightsaber a couple of times until it died. But just seeing it, like, get stuck in the ground, like, having this, like, jerking-looking motion <laughs> of a seizure was hysterical. I mean, there were points Ryan and I were literally crying. I mean, we I, were laughing I cried, so hard. And I cried. It was right after the glitchiness of the rat. It was... It, it wasn't even a glitch. It was there was a bunch of stormtroopers and a bunch of things. You had healed with all of your heals, and we were tr you were trying to figure out a way to like get the hell out of yeah, there. Yeah, get out and like the jump of like a little jump. It makes him look like he was skipping. It was like prancing through like a meadow. He was, he was hilarious. <laughs> and there's just stormtroopers and like guns going off. And I just it, I was crying. I was laughing so hard just seeing you skip through stormtroopers and yeah. death. 
it was a lot of fun. I actually, I got a, I jumped out of the world when I was exploring. So Khajiit, or one of the worlds that you visit, it, which isn't spoilers, it was in the trailer. Kashik. Kashik, like the cats in Skyrim. Yeah, it's not Khajiit. That's the Skyrim character. There's there's two different Khajiit spellings. Khajiit and Kashit. Kashik. Kashik. There you go. I never pronounced the K. That's okay. Um, Kashik is so there's like this elevator that transfers back and forth, and it's a really like I got zero frames per second on some of these load like oh it's walls. bad yeah so that one's the most unpolished everything else is manageable um but I was in an elevator and it clearly loads one side of the map that you get to and then loads the other once you click the button of the elevator so I click the button get to the one side it loads. I click the button on accident, so I'm like, oh shit. So I like I run to go up the doors to get into the area that should have been loaded, and I jump into this white abyss, and it's me just falling. <laughs> Endlessly. <laughs> Endlessly for like maybe two minutes, and I was like, oh, I don't know what's going to happen. Like, I don't know if I have to restart. Like, is it going to delete my save? And then it ends up realizing I'm out of the map and sends me back up, but the elevator's gone. So, like, I'm underneath the floor, T-pose flying underneath <laughs> the elevator. I was like, oh, cool. And, like, I tried to, like, jump around to, like, find it. Generally, you can finagle your way through the floor and get back in. Nope. So, I had to quit out and go back in. And I would lost, like, maybe five minutes of running. But I was like, cool, I guess I got out of the map. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, Khajiit is the only one. Khajiit. Is the only one that is really the main problem. Yeah. No, there was a number of different instances where either I'd go down a small elevator or that larger one. And it would one, just stop. And your guy, your guy would literally stop and you'd literally see like a little buffering rendering <laughs> of the, the Jedi Fallen Order symbol. You're like, yikes. All yeah. right. Uh, and there were also, I will warn listeners, that there were two, not game breaking, but my game did crash twice. Mine crashed on the final world. So mine crashed one time before that. It wasn't on some like crazy moment in the game where there was a lot going on on screen. Like I was literally just walking in an environment with no other enemies around, and it just like said applications like ending. Yeah. Do you want to report this? And I was like, what? And then literally, as I was walk in the final level, I was walking in the room to fight the final boss, and as the doors opened, it crashed. And <laughs> thankfully, there's a save point right before that. Yeah. Um, that I went right back when I rebooted my game, and I will also say another callback to Dark Souls. They're not bonfires, but they're these meditation circles that you sit at that act as save points. So not only are those the places where you allocate your skill points when you gain experience points from killing enemies, that's also where you can rest and all your heal, all your health will be restored and all of your... So in, in Bloodborne, you have blood vials to restore health and this, you have like these little vials that your little droid buddy like stim packs or whatever yeah stim packs you snap your fingers and he like injects this stuff into you snap your fingers yeah and so you could do it all by yourself let me see you do it and so it (laughs) (laughs) it restores all of those and it also respawns all nearby enemies and that's where the kind of the dark souls soulsiness of the game you know kind of comes through soulsiness the saltiness yeah, so I guess we can now get into uh, spoilers. Let's do it. Okay, so you start out, you're this 
uh, you're working on a ship, you're listening to some cool music in your headphones, which I thought was really at- atmospheric. Yeah, Run DMC's it, yeah. Um, It's Tricky was playing. It's tricky. And then you take your headphones off, and they're like, hey, we'll pay you double if you do some dangerous shit. And you're like, okay, I guess, because you're a robot, and I can't really argue with you. That's true. And then you, you're going around with like your horse-headed friend, and you like you make your way through all these parkour things, like seeing the world, and you're on this like salvage planet, and it's like taking apart ships, mm-hmm. and then you end up making like finding this Jedi like crash Jedi star just not star destroyer like ship. Mm-hmm. You look over it, and then you're like. Or your horse-headed friend was like, maybe not all the Jedi were bad. Or it's hard to think that all the Jedi were bad. And then shit gets real. Like one of the cords holding up your the wing of the ship you're on. Which was a um, like the Star Destroyer thing of the clones. It falls. The, sh- the wing falls down. You're sliding down. And you use the Force. Which is outlawed at this point. Because it's post-Order 66. So you're on a train... Um, after you save your friend, you're like, kind of, we should just lay low. And stormtroopers come in after you go through some force vision of your master. And your master's like, yo, only trust in the force. And you're like, okay, cool. And so you're like, you're fall, you're, they stop the train, some clones come on, you're like escorted off the train with everyone in your car, or your car. And there's some like death troopers and they're all in black. And then two Inquisitors show up. And they're like, yo, we know there's a Jedi. If you don't give him up, we'll kill y'all. And then your horse friend was like, yeah, these guys suck. And then gets shanked through the chest with a red lightsaber. Because mm-hmm. he's expendable. Or he basically said the Empire thinks of us as expendable. And the girl was like, yeah, kind of dead. Yeah. And then you get pissed because your horse friend is dead. And you use your blue lightsaber and, like, run after them. And that's kind of, like, the opening level of you. For, like, besides all the extra parkouring after that, that's what happens. Then you get rescued by some girl who turns out to be another Jedi who kind of cut herself off from the Force. And this, like, spider-faced-looking dude. He's my favorite. He, he's entertaining and has a gambling problem, <laughs> which does. I love. And... uh her, him, and the night sister are my favorite. I think the night sister and her like dry sense of humor are my favorite. The one that is eventually yeah. comes to your side at the end. Yeah, yeah, she's, she's one of my awesome. favorites. So then, um, you they're like, hey, there's this Jedi temple. We should go there. So you make your way to this planet. I think it starts with a, like Bongano or something like that. And you find this Jedi spire. You make your way over there by running on some walls. And he's like. You make your way into the temple. There's like a... Uh, you get BB-1. BD-1. BB-1? BD. BD-1? Yeah, D is in dog. Okay. You get dog one. <laughs> <laughs> and he's an adorable droid. He's amazing. He... um. The other cool thing about this game that you uh, you unlock not only new outfits for your character, new ponchos to go over your outfit, different color variations. I wish we could have gotten cool shit like Starkiller uniforms. Yeah, I wish you would have gotten like, more than just ponchos. Anakin's robes from Revenge of the Sith. Like Anakin looked freaking amazing in Revenge of the Sith. Yeah, he did. And if you he, if you were able to look like that, that would have been cool. You also get new paint for your ship. So you can just paint it different colors. Yeah. And then you can also get new paint coloring for BD-1. Which, did you get the Buzz Lightyear color paint for 
BD1. No. It's green and purple, like a light green and purple. I didn't know. I'm rocking this like neon pink with black. Okay. He looks amazing. And then I got like old um, Endor Rebel outfit for, for Cowl. Oh. And so we like match one another. That's and then cool. my ship looks like the coloring of Boba Fett's armor. I did see that one. That's I my, did get that one. So, gosh, it's so cool. I love it. And then it. you can customize your lightsaber, which just gets into it. And it's based off of how Disney did their light or their lightsaber customization in Disney World. Okay, cool. So that's how they did it. It's all those three components. You put them together with your crystal color, and you can customize all of it. And okay. it's, those are all the collectibles. So I didn't game. mean to interrupt, but Too you can real. go back to the story. Okay, so... We don't have to do, like, beat for beat here. We can get uh, yeah, to the no, over... I, the middle stuff is kind of unclear. Yeah. So um, you're tasked with from this Jedi that, yo, there's a holocron out there. You need to do some stuff. Um to or you have to find some information and get this holocron yeah so you end up going on some story places which leads you to an ice planet um, where you get force push it leads you to kashik where you go through this awesome atat that was awesome uh, yes yeah, so you actually get to overtake an atat in the same vein that legolas took down <laughs> the oliphant and the fields of palantir and it still only counted as... Or Pelinor Fields, I'm sorry. Pal- Palantir, I kind of combined two Lord of the Rings terms there. Yes. Because Travis would have for sure called me out on that. <laughs> so That's true. Um, and then in that, in that, while you're taking down the ATAT, what you really liked is the speeder bike. So you see one of the speeder bikes from episode four. No, so episode six, Return of the Jedi, when they're flying or they're going no, through right. the forested area, six. Leia and Luke. So... You're kind of crawling and inching your way through this corridor of the ATAT to get to the front of it where you can overtake it. Mm-hmm. He slips onto this speeder bike and just sits there for a good five seconds. And I'm like, holy shit, we're going to bust out of this ATAT on a speeder bike. And it was like, no, I, they just wanted to give you this little moment yeah. to have a callback to Return of the Jedi. And I was like, that's all I needed. I didn't need to ride it. I just needed to kind of see him kind of almost overtake it. Yeah. And then he kind of moves beyond it. Yeah, it was a really cool scene. Um, and then you get to storm a base with ATATs, with an ATAT, and you meet um, Saw Gerrera. Saw Gerrera. He just jumps on the hood like, of the ATAT. Who the hell are you? And you're like, who the hell are you? Yeah. <laughs> like, what are you doing? And then you make your way through the Wookiee planet, save some Wookiees. And then you learn some shit. And then you go to some giant, like, underground Imperial base and fight a an Inquisitor who turns out to be the who you thought dead Padawan of the per, the woman that you're riding with, who mm-hmm. used to be a Jedi. Seer, I think, is... Seer's, like, the person that's your friend. She's on the ship kind of going on this expedition with you. She previously trained a Padawan named, like, Terra or something like that. Yeah, something like that. Who was also... He uh, had his debut in Kingdom Hearts. Yes. So exactly. you end up winning, kind of, and then you get captured, and you're in this like arena. You have to break out of jail, mm-hmm. and you. I thought the arena thing was fun. Yeah. Um, then you get rescued by those guys just crashing the party with their ship, and then you have to make your way into a tree and Khajiit. Yeah, we don't. We don't need to yeah. go through the whole story. We got for to people. ride around on uh, Nazgul's. Yes, that was also a thing. That was a cool thing. Mm-hmm. And then um, you make your way to this final planet after you go. So basically, you end up making your way back to the temple. You get 
through some force visions of like so the holocron that you're trying to get the entire game has locations of force sensitive kits throughout the galaxy mm-hmm. and to get the holocron you go through this force vision like on a wall like the black wall that ray touched and had clones of herself you see a bunch of stormtroopers killing the pad ones that you would have if you train them as your master mm-hmm. so it's a bunch of like horrific scenes and then you get the holocron it's stolen and you have to go to this it's probably a Penn State game reaction. <laughs> That's hilarious. I hope that got caught up on the audio feed because the Penn State and Ohio State game has started and we have some neighbors that were just screaming. So let me see the score here. My guess is Penn State just scored. We have the ball, so um, it's still zip zip. So. Okay, so let's we'll, try and we'll wrap finish this up, up this, We're on the final world. We got this. Well, can I pause real quick for something real quick? Because I have something that I want to talk about. Go ahead. I was... You're here too. Yeah, exactly. So you go to the planet Dothamir, which of course is the oh, planet yeah. where um, Darth Maul is from. So you go there, and before you go, um, my favorite character, Grease, he's the, the pilot of the ship, yeah. has all these really kind of quirky comments and um, kind of these deep cuts on your characters throughout the game. When you're in the planet selection screen of where you want to go, he's like, pick any planet. Except Dothamir. I hate Dothamir. <laughs> <laughs> and another moment, too, when you're on Kashyyyk and you finish that level and you come back. Um, or maybe it was before you you land in Kashyyyk and then you're getting ready to go. You're talking with Seer, Grease, and Cal, the main character. And Grease is like, I love risking my life for nothing. It's fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> he just has a lot of fun like one-liners like that. But anyways, you go on planet Dothamir and there, there are various locations throughout the game, including on the back of your ship, where you can kind of customize your lightsaber. And, and this is, we were playing this game together at this point. Yes. And so at the outset of the game, the bottom hilt of your lightsaber seems to be broken. Mm-hmm. I didn't think anything of it. I was just like, whatever, your lightsaber is broken. You have a single-bladed lightsaber. When you get to this station in Dothamir, it says... Um, perform upgrade or something like that. So BD1 jumps on the table, and I'm like, oh, okay, so BD1's going to get some kind of upgrade because throughout the game, BD1 does get upgrades that allows you to do a various number of things. Yeah. Well, then he starts tinkering with his lightsaber, and I was like, oh, cool, we're going to get you know extra power added to our lightsaber. It just too. seems natural. Well, then the screen cuts back to him, and you see kind of the third-person view, and he's just like, this lightsaber ignites, and then he... It ignites again in the bottom of the lightsaber, and you have a dual-bladed lightsaber. Ryan, like, slow motion looked over me, like, oh my gosh. Fist bump, and we're just like, fuck yeah, let's screw up some stormtroopers. Dude, that was so awesome. I was so excited, because I had no idea that that was going to come. None of this game was spoiled for me, and I implore people... I hope if you really do want to experience this game fresh for yourselves... We you really s- should have put that at the beginning. <laughs> before we said this. I said we were going to talk about spoilers, so people will enter that territory knowingly. But if you want to play this game fresh, like certainly there's some other story beats that you do not want spoiled for yourself. And I'm again saying to folks, if you want to play this game completely spoiler-free, stop right here because there's some other things that are so cool in this game. One you haven't hit on, I'll let you continue after this is various points throughout the game where you learn additional force powers. It transports you back in time to have flashbacks with your master. So you're this young Padawan, and he's teaching you to do various things like um, wall running 
and double jump and force jump and, and things of those that nature. Well, there's one flashback that just crushed me was you're sitting there talking to your master and there are these clone troopers behind him and you hear over the um, the speaker of the, the clone trooper that says, execute order 66. And you, well, you hear your master first say like, hey, there's a disturbance or like he feels pain. He's like, he's like, I... I feel like basically a disturbance in the force. And then you hear that order yeah. come through your stormtroopers. Helmet. Yeah. And at that point I was like, Oh my gosh, this is, this is going to be rough. This is going to be a nice punch in the gut. And so then the storm tro- or these, these clone troopers are trying to shoot at your master. He gives you, um, or he says like, take your lightsaber and run. Yeah. And so you're like running through these air ducts and everything. And you're being, you're able to see below him just wrecking these clone troopers. Yeah. And eventually you get to a corridor where it's the both of you, you reunite, and you're trying to get on an escape pod to leave because you don't want to be traceable from the Empire at this point. Yeah. And so then, like, hundreds of these clone troopers come in, your guy gets, like, shot three or four or five, six times, you both get into the escape pod, and that's when you kind of have this final moment with your master and he passes away. Yeah. And that's when Cal presumably kind of just, like, hides the fact that he's uh, a Jedi and he doesn't um, continue his training. But as you're going to this final planet, Seer instructs you to stand up. When he seemingly has kind of like lost hope, but he still wants to perform this final fight, you know, whatever happens, he doesn't really know when he goes to this final planet to hopefully retrieve this holocron. She says, stand up and kneel. And she literally knights him to become a Jedi Knight with an Inquisitor red lightsaber. I know. I thought the red lightsaber thing was It was so neat. I mean, there's just these moments in this game where I was just like, like, this game has no right being as good as it is. It doesn't, no. Being an EA published game, like, we've been shitting on EA since episode one of this podcast. Mandalorian zero expectations. I had zero expectations for this. This game, yeah, yeah, and I don't think I prefaced our conversation about this game saying that. You didn't pre-order, you're like, maybe I'll get it when it goes into the bin, but... I mean, I like almost made fun of you for pre-ordering it to begin with because you were like, dude, I did a thing today on like Wednesday. And I'm like, what? And you're like, I pre-ordered Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. And I'm like, well, you're going to eat that cost. I, that's what I felt like because I did the same thing, Battlefront 2. You got like the $70, $80 special edition to get your extra gun weapon upgrades or whatever. Yeah, and I was excited for that and then I got shit on. So I was hopeful. And like you actually, after the Inquisitor fight where she takes the Holocron, you break your lightsaber. Out of, like, rage. Mm-hmm. And you get to go through the planet of, like, somewhat from the Clone War pictures where they had, go into the crystal caves and you make a lightsaber. And you get to, to go through the process of going through the challenge or the trial of making a lightsaber like Pad Ones would have done. Mm-hmm. And you, you get to this crystal and it breaks in half when, like, after going through all of this. I think the Buckeyes <laughs> just scored. <laughs> And, uh, yeah, that's after he shuts touchdown. And, um, yeah, so you're... Well, your, your Kyber crystal, when you break it off from this, this larger crystal, it's a little blue Kyber crystal, it snaps in half. And at this point, Cal and BD1 just kind of... Well, Cal's specifically the main protagonist, kind of falls and just is like gives up. And he's like, there's really no hope. We're done for at this point. Yeah, because you crawl yourself out through a watery pool in ice. Yeah, so you're and freezing. You're like freezing. And then basically BBU, BD1, BB... Fucking droid. <laughs> and like, 
he he's like shows this memory of his master be like if my time's done um i i'm i you can go on and like i'm gonna lock your memory behind but when you come to like your memory will unlock when you form a the right relationship. Yeah, when you form the right bond with someone, your memories will resurface. Yeah. And so that's what kind of happens with Cal, and Cal recognizes that, like, BD1 trusts him enough for his memories to be restored. Of his master. And so then, you know, at that point, Cal kind of gets the motivation and um, focus that he needs to push forward. And at, at this point, you go to another lightsaber station, and it says, which color do you want for your lightsaber? And you have, like, eight different colors. You have, like... Yellow, um, purple, blue, green, yellow, cyan, purple, um, indigo, and I think one more. Yeah. And the, the cool thing is, too, like you're not pigeonholed at this point to select one and never get the others. Whenever you're at a lightsaber station, you can change your color to your heart's content. Yeah. And because you're crystal broken half, you put it in your old lightsaber that was broken and the lightsaber that your master had given you, her old lightsaber, or the Seif, what's the girl's name? Seer or something? Seer. Mm-hmm. She gives you her old lightsaber because she has no connection to the Force. Yeah. And you put a crystal in that because the crystals are tied to you. And you can have two lightsabers in, using special attacks that are super powerful. Yeah. Which is really cool to have, not only having two lightsabers, but having two lightsabers and one in each like hand. a Sokatana style yeah exactly so that's really cool and then you after that once you make your lightsaber you're like let's get this fucking holocron yeah so you go you to this knighted. planet you have to dive deep underwater sneak your way into this place you and come up from under the surface game crashed right when I popped up under the surface oh did it yeah okay so I got to the first like you make your way in jump on that platform and then crash okay so i'm just gonna flash forward right to the battle the final battle so you're fighting sears padawan you find out the kind of the well, earlier on you find out the story of what happened there she, they were both tortured yeah and she the seer ran away and seer tapped into the dark side of the force in order to be able to escape that facility and so you're fighting this this um what is it dark sister or night sister night sister the second sister. Yeah, she removes her helmet and everything like that. And it's a really challenging battle. And after you defeat her, Seer walks in and is says and basically tells you, I need to do this. And whether she's gonna kill her, you don't really know what was gonna happen. I don't know what's gonna happen. But then you just hear you hear like Vader breathing and you're like, Holy shit. <laughs> Darth Vader enters the building, jumps down and says, like, you've you know, you failed me just cuts her well, down she's like frozen and she's like force holding her there yeah yeah and then cuts her down and so then at this point like, um, it was like avenge me or something like that and you this is this is why i love darth vader so much and it wasn't captured i don't personally believe well in the original trilogy because they were limited with special effects and cgi yeah Vader just raw, unstoppable power that we saw in Rogue One, where he comes in, ignites his lightsaber, and just destroys those rebel soldiers. Yeah. Like, there was nothing that they could do. And they were lucky enough to get that little message from Leia, um, or the um, how, how, to, how to destroy the, the Death Star to Leia. But he just seemingly kills Seer. So she's just, like, thrown into this endless pit like the Emperor. And then Cal's like, what the heck am I going to do against this guy? Who's this dude? 
Because he doesn't know who Vader is at this point. He, he's basically like, that seems like a problem. <laughs> yeah. I think is what he says to Siri. He's like, fuck. All right. And so, you know, Cal tries to, like, pull down this um, giant thing to kind of crush Vader. And Vader, like, knows it's going to happen, gets it, and just, like, shoves it away. You run away, and then eventually you kind of collapse this underwater bridge so that water starts seeping in. Yeah, because Seer uses the dark side to, like, hold him there. Yeah. Because apparently she's alive again. Yeah, she came back. And uh, because plot armor. That's what I'm talking about, plot armor. Like, because that she needs to do that later, her flying off a ledge into lava... Is her plot armor she's going to survive because of plot. Oh, okay. That's, gotcha. what I, that's kind of a really Earlier about start. Yeah, that makes sense. So then you kind of float to the surface. You're about to die because you're going to drown because you're very deep in the water. Oh, and what we forgot to tell you is in Dathomir, you pick up a knight's sister after you kill a Jedi master who fell to the dark side. There's a lot going on. <laughs> yeah, Brian and I can't hit all the story beats here. But of course, the knight's sister jumps in, saves you and Seer in BD1. You get on the ship, you fly away enough of the distance. And uh, all is well in the Jedi world. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, I mean, it was a. Pr- I, mean, I thought it was a brilliant ending. I knew none of it was coming. Seeing Darth Vader getting a double-edged lightsaber. BD One. It has one of the best personalities of a droid that we've seen since since R two. I love BB eight, but I think BD One might be my favorite droid in all of Star Wars. Yeah, because two balls together is not you there's not a lot of personality that comes through well bd1 has a little thumbs up with the lighter and force awakens that was really neat that's true he has a lot of cool moments him and back and forth with finn was good and and now poe of course because it's his droid um there's so many good moments with bd1 a lot of people were saying that he steals the show i agree with that i don't agree that cal is this lifeless mannequin of a protagonist i feel like he has a lot of really special moments and dialogue that he has not only with the night sister with seer with grease on the ship i think is really good script like a really good script i thought like the writing in this game was really well done is it naughty dog no but i wouldn't expect it to be no no it was was a great game it's worth getting and having it go or Going into unspoiled, but you just listen to spoilers. So just it's worth playing through the story. Even knowing all of this now, like Travis, I know you're you're still listening. <laughs> <laughs> Play through this game. It's I think it's worth the asking price for sixty dollars. If you can get it for less, absolutely That's worth why it. I, did. I I pre-ordered it because it's a single player, no microtransaction EA game about Star Wars. And regardless if it was shit, the money if it does well, supports that type of game and tells EA indirectly to suck it. And gives us a chance of getting a second game in the series exactly. in the future. So that's why I threw money at it is because it supports that idea that a live service is not what we want. The end-all be-all. Yeah. And so I'm happy. I, I So I don't know if I actually said this, but I ended up downloading the game and buying it as well night. <laughs> after you left. So. Um, I think it's an, an amazing game, worth your time, worth your dollars. I hope we get a sequel in the future, and that's really all I have to say about it. Even if you've heard all of this, I think it's still worth playing because just to see all the different lightsaber skins that you can collect throughout the game. And it's really satisfying. It's really exciting. <laughs> well, there's lots of yelling, so... Yeah. Um, like, killing all the stormtroopers, like, hitting their lightsaber, or their uh, lasers back... Force pushing rockets at people is a ton of fun. Yeah, there's a lot of cool stuff in this game. A lot of replayability to visit the different planets. 
100% explore maps and collect all of the stuff that there is to collect in the game. So Yeah, so buy it. Uh, <laughs> there's a lot more Do yelling it. about to happen around our apartment, so we're going to end it here. We're going to play some Pokemon, watch John Wick 3, eat some Chipotle. It's going to be a good afternoon. Yeah. Ryan, we got to thank the listeners. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Hopefully, you're not too mad about the extended break. Ryan and I needed to just prioritize real-life stuff. Happens yeah. to the best of us. We apologize, but at the same time, um, that's that could very well happen in the future. Thankfully, we have the holidays coming up, so Ryan and I will have a chance to rest and hopefully record um, more consistently for everyone. Yeah. So, thank you so much for listening. We hope you enjoy this episode. Hopefully, we convinced you to buy Jedi Fallen Order, and hopefully you enjoyed our discussions about Rise of Skywalker. Get in on the Discord. There's a link in the show notes. It's a simple link. You click it. If you open it in your browser or your phone, you automatically are added to the Discord server. There's no fee involved there. Get in on the fun discussions. Let us know what you thought about this episode, and are you excited for Rise of Skywalker? Are you enjoying enjoying Mandalorian? Whatever it is, pop in there. Write into the show if you have questions. Ari Lewis, that's my personal email. Just kidding. Don't write into that. You can if you want to. We can have some, you know, personal discussions. <laughs> Otaku Brothers Podcast at gmail.com. It's been a while since I've recorded this podcast. Write in with an audio question. Send in an audio question. Write in something fun. We don't really care. Yeah. All right. Have a good week, guys. We'll uh, we'll see you next time. All right. Later. Bye. Bye.